What's going on, everyone? This is Vic Food Stories and the place where we talk about food in and around Victoria, BC. And today we're talking sausages. Later, we'll be talking cheese. But right now, I'm with the boys from House or Haas Sausage, right? House Sausage. It's not Haas. No, it's House. Or, sorry, it, <laughs> what are we starting calling it? <laughs> this, is, this has already started. It's <laughs> Haas, right? We house. tell everybody it's House. Okay. It we're not house. actually German. Okay, so it's House. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Because I've, I've, I don't know, I've probably said five different things over the course of uh, talking about you guys. You're not the first. To various people. <laughs> Every time people come to the shop now, and yeah. they're like, hey, is, is this Haas Sausage? We just tell them no. And then we ask them to leave. <laughs> We don't sell them anything. And then they're very confused. It's quite strict. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think a very good way to start with you guys is how did, what's your history in the industry? How did you guys start off? Because I feel like there's a real big progression of wherever you started, which I don't know the whole story, to where you are now. For sure. Um, I mean, both of us were already in the industry before, um, before we started and before we met. Um, I came from cooking personally. Um, I was... Uh, just sort of looking for somewhere to go school-wise and ended up coming to Victoria with, uh, with as all kids from Comox do, <laughs> going to school here. And uh, the culinary program at Camosun sort of picked me up and um, turned me into a semi-decent cook and then uh, finished my apprenticeship and just kind of got bored of cooking and was uh, looking for something else to do. Um, ended up taking a job at The Whole Beast on my days off, and that's where I met Shane. Yeah, shout out to Corey. Big yeah. shout outs to definitely, the man. Definitely cut my teeth there. So that's how this all started for you. I had uh, my, my chef that I was working under was a, a Swiss German chef. So I started um, learning some charcuterie there and doing some sausage making, some charcuterie and some curing processes over there, but on a, a very small scale. Okay. Um, and Shane? I was an exceptionally poor student. So instead of joining the army, I became a, a meat cutter for a grocery store. Really? Um, yeah, I was I was just not like a very good student in high school. Okay. And uh yeah. I liked being around food. So I got like a job close to my house cutting fish actually. And I decided that was awful. Um I was like pretty decent at it, but nobody wants to be your friend if you're a fish cutter. And the butchers were like way cooler. So I took a job like cleaning the meat room basically after hours and they gave me like an apprenticeship and I think I was nineteen when I took it. And then um yeah, I did that for a couple of years too. Kind of the same story as Kyle. I like finished my my apprenticeship basically like through a grocery store program, and I was like, I've had enough of that. I wanted to go and like meet. I wanted to like see whole animals and do some real butchery. And so, I actually applied at the village butcher, and they they turned me down. Um, they were they were like, we don't really hire like grocery store guys. And Corey on the other side was like, no, I need a meat cutter. Like, come on in. Oh, and, perfect. Um, yeah, like a year went by, and then I met I met Kyle. We would, we spent like an inordinate amount of time together. Um, just between like work and then we'd like go work out and then we'd like go crush dinner after Yeah, and we'd joke about it and we'd just be like, oh man, we've hung out for like 15 hours today. Like, and you weren't sick of each other. Uh, I mean, we were a regular amount of sick of each other. Well, after 15 hours, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's tough. If I'm around somebody for 15 hours, generally I, I'm that, was, that, was, yeah. that was the key. We were like way less like disgusted with each other than we should be <laughs> We're like, man we could probably we could probably do this under much more stressful uh, circumstances i remember there was like a specific day where you like we were in the dish pit at uh at the whole beast and whatever and you, we were just joking around or whatever and you like looked and we just briefly like discussed something about like opening a, opening something together and then we just kind of got past that moment and you were just like like a serious moment like would you do that with me and then i was like uh, yeah so, like maybe. all the joking sort and of that was stopped. just kind of right or that like sort of 
<laughs> began that like seed. So when was, was like, that? When was that, that conversation? Moment. That's when we proposed to each other oh, as, yeah. as business partners. Like, so fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like that was maybe, I don't know, 2016, 2015. That's got to be right. Yeah. Uh, I was 25 or 26 at the time. And... Yeah. Somewhere around there. I don't know. We were both working a lot and the, the days kind of, kind of go into each other, but, uh, yeah. And so, so you guys are working there. You say that thing or you, you say like float the idea mm. and it doesn't get shot down. No. So how does it like, what's the next step in that process? Oh man. We um, actually broke up like all good couples. We like went our own ways. Every um, good story. Yeah. Yeah. I like, well, there was a while there for, uh, for a while we used to go to the sauna quite often after, after work and we would jot down like ideas or like discuss like Which ideas. Sauna? Where'd you go? Uh, Oak Bay. Oak Bay Rack and Gordon Head, yeah, I think. That's where I used to hit the gym and then go do the pool after. Okay. So there was quite a bit of time just like sitting in the sauna, just kind of like riffing on ideas or, or like joking about, um, you know, delusions of grudge. <laughs> Yeah. There's like a, a lot of big personalities in like any like butcher shop or kitchen. And so especially like the sauna was like our way to like just kind of josh it off as well as like be creative, right? It was like a way to like decompress from the day and be like, Do you hear that person said that? Or like, oh man, somebody like somebody looks so silly today. But also <laughs> like, hey, what do you think about putting like this in a sausage? Or like, hey, do you think instead of making that smoked, we could dry it? Or you know, a so lot that's of where the ideas started. We started, I mean, you, yeah. you're basically floating ideas as business partners without even realizing it. Totally. I'm seeing if you guys can get along. Yeah. So how did that, how did that sort of evolve at that point? I'm, I'm really curious, like, honestly, because you guys are so young that mm -hmm. to start a business like this and do it, like seeing the new uh, location that you guys have here, it's, it's unbelievable. It's Thanks, like, man. it's like, it's, it's legitimately a castle. Like everyone needs to come in here and see this place because it's crazy. No one, no one fight for this castle. Don't bring your <laughs> army here. Don't put it under siege. Like you can just have it. We'll leave. Yeah. But the, the space is incredible, and, I, and so I, I just I want to. Yeah, I really would like to get sort of the whole, the whole line. So how did the next? How did the next uh, stage go? Um, so I mean, we both actually ended up leaving uh, the whole beast right around the same time. Um, they had a big, a big staff turnover there. Um, both of us, like Shane said. We had our, our little breakup, not uh, not friend wise or, or disgruntled wise, but we definitely uh, separated paths for a while. And then uh, uh, you went over and, and cooked at the Livet, right? That was yeah. What you did. And then, yeah. Um, I only went to the Livet once. I so, made it in one time. I enjoyed it, but it was right when it opened, I think. Yeah. So I actually I had I was friends with the chef at stage at the time who became the staff at, or sorry became the chef at um at the live it and he offered me a job like a uh, cooking grill which is like i was like really fascinated with how kitchens worked and i i'd grown up cooking but i i was not by any means a professional cook and there was like a like a wealth like an ocean of difference between like making food taste good and cooking professionally um and i had a lot to learn like a ton i still i still do um but oh trust me i, I made was... breakfast for like the first time the other day ever like a proper breakfast and it turned Who's out edible did you use I used your guys' bacon. <laughs> Did you and like that? the sausage? Oh yeah, it was it was incredible. Awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah. No, it was it was really good. Nice. Um and then yeah, Kyle went the other way. Um yeah, well then I mean when you were working at the Limit, we can just like briefly just chat about when we uh, yeah. when we got into like the squy mall, I guess. Totally. Um I, I went back again and, and uh was working um back at at uh, the place where I did my apprenticeship under under the chef there, he needed a, a sous. So I just kind of backtracked and went back into a, a little bit of a leadership role there for a summer. Um, but again, just kind of got quite bored of, of cooking quite quickly. Um, and so I can't, I think it was, I think Shane actually had the first uh, cue that he had been digging around um, 
and had lined up like a possibility at a Squimalt farmer's market for us to maybe jump in and, and do something, have a stall there. Um, we had some friends at the time that owned a little bakery. They were a couple yeah, yeah. and standard pizza was running, um, their pizzeria like five days a week. And at night we had a buddy and his wife who were like ex bakers from Philippi and they would go in and they would bake bread out of standard pizza at night. The oven would get crazy hot and then they would throw loaves in, uh, throughout the night and then go to a farmer's market and they had like a fair amount of success. Um, and so we sat down and we bought him a beer and we said like, you know, like you guys, you've kind of killed it. And we didn't really know anything about farmer's markets. And we said like, we, we can definitely like do this thing. We have all the skills to make a really quality product, but like making the thing and then bringing it somewhere and selling it. And it was very different than bread. Like it was way riskier. It was way harder. There was a lot more for both of us to figure out how do we keep it cold? Exactly. Selling it in the sun. Cause if you have too much stuff and you don't sell it, it goes bad a lot faster and there's less investment. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the other big thing was like, how did we, sh- how do we show it off? Because we make a really beautiful product, but everyone at that time that was like selling meat was selling it wrapped in paper. We didn't even know that we could make anything that looked nice back then. <laughs> that's, that's true. Actually. <laughs> we just, yeah, we didn't even know what we were going to make. Yeah, we didn't even know what we were doing. It was hilarious. So yeah, I ended up like out of dumb luck, just calling the, the woman, um, Katrina, who runs this called Farmer's Market, like mad shout out. She's amazing. She's incredible. And she we, does such a good job with that market. Yeah. And, and like straight up, I just lied to her. I was like, me and my good friend, we're chefs. We like want to like make this pickle company. We like want the biggest liable. We want to like sell pickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you I told this- her it's a pickle company? <laughs> no, I was like, I have a friend. Um, that was the lie. Not the chef part. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> There's like five lies in that sentence. Uh, and so she was like, oh, you guys are going to be the pickle guys. Like I used to be a pickle lady I used to sell pickles and like you guys are you're like carrying my torch and we were like we sure are we're gonna make so many pickles um and we did which we, we did we started making sauerkraut <laughs> and kimchi in my basement like immediately yep yeah you were that saying happened. that that's kimchi was like the first thing yeah we uh yeah what do we do we went and yeah i mean it was hilarious i used to live in this like little little basement apartment and we had like a, a a full like size meat slicer and we still just like shred cabbage like in the middle of the night just like because we were both working still i mean neither, it was neither it was of us like, neither of us quit our jobs and like i like i said i was doing um like a management position at a restaurant and you were still um at the limit or were you at zambri's then i was at the limit then yeah, yeah. Uh, but we were still like five days a week and so we just decided that we were going to launch this in our our off days and so it was always like production at the middle of the night and just doing doing weird stuff. So how much sleep are you getting at that point? Uh, this was still pretty good when we were oh, making man. kimchi. Looking back, it was so yeah, great, wasn't it? Was it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Sleeping in every day, four hours. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it got crazy, but like we, cause we didn't really know what we were getting into. Cause the, the pickles and the kimchi were the easy part, but we decided once we decided that we wanted to do a little bit of sausage making too, to try and like float that out there and get it, get it going. Cause yeah, it was literally like we had a month. To get it going. I think we got everything up and running in about a month. Yeah. So what was, what were you guys totally called at that point? That was it. We had no name. We had nothing. Like all this stuff just came. Like we had to sit down and just make a company and try and get it going. And also start producing like the lacto pickles and everything that takes a little bit of time to ferment. Yeah. Uh, so like all these balls were kind of up in the air and we were uh, just. So the pickle thing. Did you, just, best. <laughs> did you just make that up? No. So we knew how to do it. And we, we still do to this day. Like we okay. make, we make bombs. So uh, before kimchi. you talk to, to her, you, you. When the pickle thing, you already knew you could do that. We you knew we could do as, it. Okay. We knew we could sell it. There was another guy doing it. He did fairly well for himself. Um, it's just also easy to get into the market that way. It's like a low risk item. Yeah. Whereas like to do to do the meat side, it, it takes quite a bit more on, on the Viha side and all the, um, well, we still had to get the pH testing and stuff done for the pickles. But 
Um, yeah, it was just an, an easier avenue to sort of open the conversation. And then, uh, and we took some liberties and we sort took, of got We took in a there. lot of liberties. <laughs> so then uh, when did meet enter the equation, how far into being at the market? Oh, immediately. Yeah. We just had to sort out a space. That was the big thing. Like we couldn't, we knew we could do the get away with the pickles kind of in my house and, and do some, some less risky stuff, but we weren't going to set up a butcher shop in my, in my basement. Um, so we found some space, um, at stage, um, using, using stage at, at the middle of the night or after they were done service, uh, we were allowed to go in there and start producing and, and doing some, some small scale stuff. So that's when it got really, and what time uh, was insane. that at? Well, I mean, stage didn't close till 11 at yeah. night. Right. So, um, both of us still working, working full time. I remember we used to start our shifts there at 11. Um, I would get off at eight. I'd try and go crush like two, three hours of sleep. I can't remember what schedule you I were think on, I was, but it was, like I was similar. similar. Yeah. We would literally like get off at nine and like race home, like crush melatonin. Two hours. Yeah. Try and sleep. <laughs> and then we'd go and work all night. Um, there were so many funny stories from that, that kitchen. Yeah. I mean, we, like, yeah. What's the first one that pops in your mind? Um, there was this like hell's angel, like night cleaner who worked okay. there who like really liked our stuff and would try and buy it. But he was just, he was like a really nice guy, but he was just crazy. He would like roll up in his Harley and like clean it in the middle of the night while we were like doing like butchery or like sausage making. And he'd like tell us like weird anecdotes about his life or like being an entrepreneur. And it was just like insane. We were just like locked in this like quiet restaurant in the middle of Fernwood with this dude, like with a, like a ghostbuster backpack, like busting out the kitchen. It was bizarre. I mean, it was also just space wise. Like it was, it was awesome. Cause we were wide eyed and, and young and, and just stoked to be in a space. But I mean, I guess had t- you known t- everything, you know, now you would, you would have been more cautious or, Looked at it differently. Do you think you just no. you couldn't really be? We had to be. We yeah. were so reckless. Because- we just had to go in there and do it. But it, it's just a. It was hot. It was in. The, we used to like use the downstairs of stage, and I don't know if, if hardly anybody's been down there. I didn't know if, there was a downstairs. Yeah, if you're a cook, like their kitchen is is a little hilarious. It's, um, but it's it's quite hot downstairs, and so we were always downstairs trying to uh, trying to get sausage to come together. We so to- inadvertently, you found another sauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were still sauning all the time back then when we had time to sauna. But the, uh, the like kicker about all this is like, we had the space to use, um, but no fridge space to store stuff. So I used to take, we used to finish our production, like tiny, just small amounts of production to begin with. But, uh, after it was all like done, we would have to like go and store it somewhere. And of course, like we're talking about bus bins, like still big enough not to fit in a, a regular home size kitchen or anything. So, <laughs> and how many days a week were you doing this? Uh, cause the market's on Thursday, probably three, three two, or four two or three. I feel like yeah. we were probably trying and that to was, shove. That was the prep for the market every week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week. We but would, we would finish, I think Thursday mornings most times. Oh yeah. Go home, always. sleep and yeah. then pack up. Yeah. Cause we both had Thursdays off, but, um, yeah, used finish, to take finish the, your story. This one's great. <laughs> used to take the like totes of sausage and have to like drive them to the restaurant that I was working at, at the golf course. My, uh, my chef there, um, was very kind uh, to us and let us uh, use the coolers that were in the the offsite on the golf course there. They had a little shed set up for pop coolers and stuff. And we used to store, store the stuff there overnight, go back and get it when we needed to finish production. So there was just a lot of like back and forth. I just, yeah, just driving, just load <laughs> driving this, at load like this little Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> bomb it out to Cordova Bay and like, yeah, I remember a few times just restaurant. Like rolling up and the, the maintenance guys are just there like, and they start quite early, right? They, they start their day at like 4 a.m. And I would just be driving up like carrying, <laughs> carrying crates of sausage across <laughs> the parking lot. If you ask me what the hell I'm doing, who are you? And oh. then you guys evolved from stage and then you went to another place, right? Yeah, we, uh, 
we just went to their sister actually because it just ended up working out that way that uh, that Livet had a little bit of extra space that we could. Uh, we kind of did the the shiesty switch there. Yeah, and was that the same sure. deal after they closed? You'd go in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. We were in there like every once in a while in the morning, like trying to trying to do a quick thing, but it really wasn't very often. They didn't have quite the same like late night schedule that uh, that stage had, so we were starting our days a little bit earlier there. They, so they had nicer. this insanely terrible staircase, though. Yeah. That was my favorite. We, so like we had butcher the shops one, the essentially one like, at the front. Yeah, so like our butcher shops were like in our car basically. So we'd like I'd like my trunk would have like a meat grinder in it, <laughs> like a hundred pound meat grinder, and then we'd have like you know like cutting boards sometimes or knives or saws or like whatever. And yeah. so we'd like start our shift again at like 1130 at night. And so like the first workout, the first 30 minutes was just like lugging in like meat equipment and that stuff up. We used to bring the smokers upstairs. Too. Oh yeah. I forgot about you guys were lifting <laughs> smokers up the stairs. <laughs> just little Bradley's, but yeah, we were yeah just insane people. Yeah, it was we still are, so dumb in hindsight. It's so funny. Like life is so much easier now. Oh, I can imagine like, when you have all the space right here, you're not lifting stuff upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. You just walk in the door and like you have like this almost like this playground, I would imagine, of sorts. Oh, this is this is like next level compared to any, any and then, memory. So the the only kitchen I saw you guys at was the was the um the Prima Strada mm-hmm. that kitchen there. So yeah, early early or yeah, early into the second or at the end of the first year, I think, basically. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. We um we're friends with a, like a local forager. And we had both done some work for uh, Franz de Somme, who's their their uh, like executive chef or chef de cuisine, and uh, they had some space to rent in their prep kitchen. So they had a full walk in, and it was the same deal. They're like, we have guys in there during the day. Um, we like do prep for the pizza restaurant, but like if you want to, you can come in at night and like you can have like full reign. So we worked out a lease with them. Um, it was nice though because their day was early four. 4 yep. p.m. We went from like the 11 p.m. to 4 p.m. At that point, you're slowly moving your sleep schedule yeah. back to a normal sleep schedule. <laughs> we, felt like, we felt like kings. Well, no, well, kind we, of. We were both still working full time. Yeah, I remember, okay. like sometimes I would crush like an early shift at the limit and still like come in for totally. a 4 p.m. like shift all the time because we were getting busier too, and like our days were starting to like stretch out for the company. But it was still like we were not nearly um, at a place to like quit quit working for somebody else. Like not even close. So. It's it's funny. You always get that little bit of a pinch unless you're uh, unless you're lucky enough to have some some huge investment or or money falling out of your pocket. But we were, yeah, we. I mean, we started this thing with a thousand bucks. Yeah, we started with nothing. It was almost like a dumb friend bit. Like I got a grand. You got a grand. Okay. Like what's? I, I mean, first thing we went in was hundred bucks each for that like terrible terrible slicer. Still having. I mean, did you guys do any um, type of like uh, uh, research before you did any of this? Or you just kind of just literally you just said we got some money just let's just do something. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like at the beginning, the the like month where we like set everything up, it was like that was it. It was like you had a month to get all the like product like get going and like get all your VHA stuff ready, like get a name registered, all this stuff, and we had no idea how to do any of it. We knew how to make food. So as that stuff was the came easy up, part. as stuff came up, that's when you deal with something as it comes up. Oh yeah. So how long did it take to get the name? Uh, not that long. I think we did it in two weeks basically as soon as we settled on a name yeah. we we like fired it in through and who came up with the name we uh <laughs> was a collaboration the and then our, kind of a, yeah, our branding guy like kind of helped us out yeah. okay um because i love the logo like the thing is, it's it's awesome mm-hmm. it's a really good job thanks, yeah thanks man yeah we've had it we've had it touched and changed a little bit over the years but it's, it's essentially stayed pretty much the same yeah it's essentially like our, our good friend who who helped us out there and, and did it up. His name's Nick. Um, I don't think he does it anymore. I think he's, he's a lawyer now, but <laughs> shout yeah. out to Nick. Shout out to Nick shout Picard. Out to Nick. 
And when you started this, did you have any expectations at all of, of what could become or what, what you were hoping for? We're crazy competitive, like not only with each other, but like we, yeah. we are also like a little jaded, right? Like every, every job you leave, you kind of look back at and you're like, oh, like I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And you don't realize how much your bosses at the time or your managers are doing behind the scenes. I think there was a yeah, there was like a lot of like drive for creativity where I don't think a lot of, it is kind of weird. I mean, we have a, a different approach than, than most butcher shops. Um, mo- most butcher shops are very focused on, on meat cutting and, um, and just the aspect of, of that and getting everything like clean and proper. Whereas you don't generally have like a, a full sort of, um, like cooking background attached to it. Um, and I think both of us wanted to sort of get into something that was a little bit more combined of, of both, since we both had interests in both sides of, of, of those two things. Um, and so what are you guys doing now that sort of takes that cooking background into consideration? I just think that, uh, a lot, <laughs> I don't know. Or I, is I, it I the flavor think, combinations of the sausages? Yeah, or? I just think it's a lot of just sort of, um, old school like french technique like prim and properness uh, as well sort of going into like a butcher shop like sometimes butchering is like a little bit or looked at as a little bit more of a crude uh technique whereas like you know french cuisine is very refined and and sort of like dotting your dotting your i's and crossing your t's like exquisitely each time whereas um a lot of time butchering is looked at as like a means to an end it still has its like intricate moments and, and whatever, but it doesn't have nearly as much of the sort of nuance, uh, I think that is associated with cooking. I watched uh, a video once of a guy that broke down an entire animal on YouTube mm-hmm. and he did it very, very elegantly, sort of like you're saying, mm-hmm. and he like, he very well spoken and, um, the way he cut all the pieces and sort of laid everything out and it was all clean. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really interesting to see how this is all done because there's the cuts of, of an animal are like, there's a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the things when we started and we got into it is, I mean, we both worked for so many kitchens and so many butcher shops that it was like, we wanted to have like a really clear outline of what we were going to do and what we were going to make. And that was one of the reasons we like really focused on sausage is like, we knew we could always like sell pork chops. We could always sell the easy stuff, but like everybody does that. We wanted to be like, how do we, how do we make like the best product out of this hog? Like overall, with no waste. How, how come every time like I draw the knife or every time we like put a seasoning mix together or something, we can like, we have like a real end goal in mind. We wanted to use like everything. Um, so yeah, getting back to that, like I think how we differentiate ourselves is like how I said, I think we, we put a really high skill cap on the work we do. We're not just like buying pre-made seasonings and like grinding meat and mixing them together. We, we toast all our spices um, to freshen them up and to make them alive. We use a lot of fresh ingredients. So you guys like, are doing everything in house everything oh, yeah. yeah i mean a ton of fresh ingredients like I've, I've never worked in even most kitchens that like have the amount of like fresh herbs or like fresh ginger or fresh garlic that we bring in like there's a lot of yeah we don't cooking even own, involved we don't even own garlic powder yeah <laughs> we won't even use it i know i saw that that tray downstairs <laughs> all the garlic sitting there yeah no. that's the way to do it well it's it's just it's it's hard but it speaks for itself yeah and we knew that if we like made a product that we could say is like this is the rolls royce or this is the the you know the super high end that we could in the end term charge something we could buy the best hogs we could do the best job we could we could like find the best ingredients we could and we could make something that we like we're really proud of it and that we thought was really special um yeah it's kind of like you were saying too i mean the grass is always greener when you're when you're working somewhere but and as well like shane said both we're both pretty competitive um we didn't want to make like the second or the third best sausage in the city also like out of the gate like the comparison or like the 
the standard that we were used to was already like, you know, what's considered to be some of the best places in town. And we set out like trying to beat already what was considered the best. So the bar was, it wasn't like we were sitting there like trying to beat grocery stores or anything. Like we were already in the, the boutique butcher scene and like trying to, trying to outdo that competition. So like the drive was there to like do something yeah, a there was no, a little apt. No malice or anything. No, um, no of course. But, but we, we as fuel, right? Yeah, yeah. We're just competitive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and even with each other, I mean, yeah. Like we just, you know, we season really aggressively all the time. Like it'll be funny. Like we would, we'll, we'll produce something that 90% of the people would be like, this is great. You could serve this. And I'll be like, oh, a little more salt, a little more salt. Oh, like yeah. how, how far can you push it? Like, I'm I mean, just everything. Yeah. Like we're just, we're like crazy to the, to the, to the nth degree. I feel like that was me with the first podcast I did where I was trying to EQ my voice. Mm-hmm. And I started to like, almost like if somebody saw what I was doing, they'd think, oh, why are you wasting all this time? And I don't know. It's just something I was doing. Yeah. But it's if you're, it, if you're it, passionate right? about it, right? Yeah. It's never a waste if you're, if you're, uh, no, if you, I learned if you stuff. Have an, yeah. If you have an end goal and like you're getting there. Then. So have you found that like with the seasoning and all that over time that it's gotten easier where you can get right closer to that spot where you want to be? Well, I, I mean, I've, I've come like a long way in the last few years, like as a cook personally, um, I mean, we so do, that's made it easier, and I know sorry. you've you've grown as like a like a business person and as a as a oh, cook and as a butcher, God, like I mean, by as business people. We, and, you, and you guys don't work anywhere else now. This is it for you guys, yeah, right? This, this is, is it. it. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank Thanks, you. man. Yeah, yeah. We did the grind for a long time. I think, man, I think I worked two jobs for a good like three About year three. period there, yeah. and that was like a seven days a week for three years. And Shane did something similar. And I think I did two and a half, basically. Yeah, this is a lot with intermittent stages. So, do you guys cook on like your free time a lot? Um, how how are you progressing? Because you're saying you progress as a cook. I'm wondering how how you're doing that now. I think when you work with somebody who you have a lot of respect for, and you work those crazy hours, right? Like, I don't think Kyle ever wants to lose to me, or or on the other hand, like like slight me, and I never want to do the same to him. So you're like, you're kind of throwing each other into this like crazy <laughs> end zone, right? Where you're just like, man, like I gotta, I like, I gotta try and like blow this guy's socks off all the time. And yeah. I know he's a critic, right? Like I know like, he's not going to get excited <laughs> about something that like everybody else is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> even when I like, even when we eat stuff that we've already like made over and over again, I'm never like quite happy with it, but that's just like a, a personal weird thing. You get, you get jaded the other way, right? Like yeah. people eat your food and they're just like, like, this is really good. And you're just like, it's fine. Like don't, don't say that. It's like the emperor wears no you clothes, right? Playing a little bit. Oh, do you, do you, do you actually time. vocalize that or do you keep it inside? No, I mean, you have to give it back to them. You have to be a pre, like, these are the people that like give us a reason to be here and do what we oh, do. Oh no, of course. You have, you have yeah. to like be so like thankful. You can't. But your outwardness, like you're not, you're not saying in your head, you're saying the part about it being like, it's, it's okay. Right. Yeah. You're not as excited as the person is necessarily, you know, cause you've got this idea in your head. Well, it, but it just, yeah. We it, have this little joke that like, if you, if you work in any restaurant or you work in any butcher shop, like you, you ruin that restaurant for yourself. Right. Like you see. You see all the stuff that, like, in hindsight, you're like, oh, what a hack, or, like, why they do it that way? Even in, like, in your own work, right? And, like, a, you look at, like, every great artist or singer-songwriter well, or anything. I think it's like no, none of them like them. None of them, none of them like their own work. But they can all look back and say, like, oh, like, this is where I was, and this is why I did that. And, yeah, like, it helped at the time, or I was proud at the time, and then I, like, had to, I had to, like, keep pushing, or I had to go somewhere else. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's also just hilarious to look at, like, what we used to make at the bottom it's of the stage and, like, what we make now. It's, like leagues above like quality that we used to do and do you feel any differently now than you did at that time when you're making the stuff beneath stage like do, do you sure. do you feel the exact same way about what you're making no do you know what i mean well it's, I, it's hard some of the standards yeah 
go up, I think, because we have like we have way better equipment. Like there yeah. was there was more leeway back then when you were like, okay, like we don't have a sausage mixer. We yeah. have this like weird dough mixer. We used to hand mix everything for years. Yeah. Hand mix. We oh, filled yeah. garbage bags, clean garbage bags full of ice and lay them on stainless steel tables. Yeah. Because the downstairs was so hot. And we try and get the, the tables like super cold. And then we'd like have the meat in the fridge, sometimes with bags of ice on it. And you'd run it out, dump it on, dump your seasoning and sit there. And like, we just pound it out. We'd be like, you know, Not exhausted, like taking work, turns. Yeah. yeah it was Did horrible. you record any of that footage of you no. guys doing this? No, I mean, no. this is, we already worked like eight hours, like we had yeah. said. That's yeah, it's like four in the morning. Yeah. You're That's just trying to, you're trying to bang it out <laughs> and, and make something awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just it was like sweating. It was fucking awful. I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there's yeah. so many times I just like back and was like, we were so dumb. Like, how did we get yeah, here? I mean, we would do that, and then we would, like, go and, like, take it outside in, like, like alley and just, like, sit there and wait for stuff to smoke. I mean, we slept at stage so many times. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Just, Kyle, like... Kyle would get, like, the nice bed for himself. He would, like... Like a true chef, he would, like, make himself... You know, like you get like a, a table you're, and you're a chair. The bed maker with the, like, chairs, like, lengthened out. I, like, remember one time I saw Shane, he was just, like... I think I sent a... I think I sent it to Clark, actually. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, I just had a, like scoped a picture of him where he had just like sort of his bed had slowly, his two chairs of a bed have had slowly sort of like separated, separated. And there's like, you know, doom was inevitable, but, but when was it coming that he would slide? Um, it happened? Uh, I can't even remember. I was probably so tired. I just like fell asleep anyway. Okay. Um, you would pass out with yeah. your, with your, like a, like a, like a school child, like yeah. cross arms, head down on the desk. And I yeah. would like lay on the floor. Or like lay on a bunch of chairs, like a suspension bridge. Yeah. And we would try and crush like two hours between like four and six in the morning. We'd like put sausage in and try and smoke it. And we were both so bad. We'd just like go for a nap. And then you'd go back to your, like your full time, like your regular job. Oh, we'd go home yeah. at like seven in the morning or yeah. we'd go and like drive sausage to our secret like fridge layer. And then, yeah, we'd go home and like sleep for three or four hours and go back to work yeah. and do it again. So yeah. this is, this is, this place is the non-secret fridge layer. No, no. This is, this is legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's not like only until recently, even when we were at Prima, we had like a lot of, a lot of space and fridge space, but we did not have like freezer space there to like store. So even then we were doing like a lot of storing like offsite and, and still lugging like tons of product around just out of like necessity. That's why we're like, so handsome. <laughs> it's insane to think like the amount of like pounds that we've just like carried. Like, How many do you think? Oh, just like thousands. Yeah. Like thousands from, from like a table to your car and then into a freezer or like oh. into a fridge. It's, it's gotta be like ten thousand pounds each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I don't want to think about it. Yeah, that's a good workout. It was yeah. nuts. But like looking at the space now that you have here, like this building is is crazy town to me. Like it's so like I I don't know all the things about all the stuff that you guys do and what goes into what you make. But I can imagine that having all the space here and all the different freezers and all the different things you have, it must sort of be like a playground in a way. Oh, it's that's incredible. Like to work in in a space that's like the other thing. I mean every every sort of place that we've um worked at or whatever generally the the sort of thing that happens right is you you get an owner or a building owner or somebody who has this idea for a restaurant right and they focus so much on retail and and what space it's in like downtown and they you know they carve out the the front of house and make sure everything's tight there and then they jam this like tiny nightmare kitchen into it however they can right because that's that's just how it goes and you shove your staff in there and it's a terrible place to work and it's like really hard to work in and you know it doesn't really make sense because they had to do with what they had to do and i mean we just tackled this the exact opposite like we drew out the kitchen the kitchen had to work like it had to be a flow that worked for lugging around like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of animals like we do 90 percent i would say at this point out of whole animal uh stuff so i mean when the carcasses come in like we had no 
no real desire to sit here and, and try and like, you know, carry stuff around corners and, and do all this weird uh, sort of stuff that inevitably happens when you, when the kitchen is an afterthought. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's amazing working in a space that was actually designed by people who are going to work in it, which I feel like does not happen very often. So how different did this place look when you first came in here? It was, it was a hallway basically. Empty space basically. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So we, we put a full dish pit in it. Um, the hoods were existing, which is why we took the space. We had to remediate the hoods and bring them up to code. Uh, we had to put a full walk-in cooler in. Uh, what else did we do? We was this, this upstairs insane, here? We put this insane uh, grease trap in. The upstairs was here, but it looked much different. It didn't have all this setup behind you and, and stuff like that. But because uh, for yeah, for people that haven't been up here, there's a there's what type of cooler is back there? Uh, it's our our dry curing cooler. Oh, dry curing. Okay, yeah. so that there is a cooler up here, and you guys put that room in, right? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't here. This was just an open space. Oh, we had to we had to demo this. This yeah. was like carpeted, and it was a nightmare. Yeah. Like we we tore all the carpets out and like busted a bunch of walls out, and then we had like some carpenter friends of ours come in and frame it and build it. And so yeah, how, we had, we had a, like an HVAC specialist come in and we told them like the pair, like the parameters of like what the room needed to do, like the humidity it needed to keep and the temperature and how air needed to move. And we got lucky. We, we got like a dream team of guys that really put in a lot more time than was warranted. Yeah, and, and you now have air conditioning. Oh man. <laughs> We're the only kitchen. I think maybe, Maybe in like Victoria, Vancouver, in. with the air conditioning, it's yeah. insane. So, do you do you feel like this is like the exact space that you would want if you could design anything? This is like as close as you're going to get to that. No, I mean because we're never happy with our work, right? We just... uh, it's hard. I mean, <laughs> it's just like you always have to do a little bit of concession, right? I mean, we're we're well, of like course. we're like on a main like vein into downtown. Like if we were to go and set this up in the middle of Saanich and you know drive for 30 minutes every day to get out to work, we would just be in some sick warehouse and it would be open and, and super cheap and easy. And, you know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't be as small, like not that it's small, but it's, you know, we're, we're, I feel like you guys probably have a lot of room for expansion here, right? Ideally. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to be here. I mean, we'd like to probably have this space forever, but we'd like to run, I think the retail here for at least five years or something. Yeah. It's not indefinitely. It's hard, hard to get the new world. Yeah. (laughs) what's going on outside but uh yeah, yeah i can't I mean, imagine how much a, how much of a challenge that must have been like come march and had you guys signed the lease for this place at that point oh yeah, yeah so they, have, are, they are already deep into construction like we, oh our build out took about a year yeah. oh really yeah, yeah so we we sat on this this thing and i mean victoria's like it's not a kind place to to tenants right i know it's not a, it's not a kind place to landlords either um so yeah, I mean, we paid for this. That was like one of the Permit biggest challenges wise. we had. I mean, we weren't. So you were yeah. paying for the space for a year or something. For a year, yeah. And 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 on top of that, putting in money into well, we were paying going on. We were paying rent with Prima, and they were great. Uh, we were paying rent here to try and build this place. We weren't paying ourselves anything, um, and we weren't really working. No, yeah. It's we were just hard year. <laughs> just burning, burning the candle on like all ends, and hoping that it was going to come together in time. And then yeah, um, and then COVID hits. Yeah. So it changes some of the designs for kind of what we had here. We really wanted to, this is like an awesome blue collar community around here. Um, you had like plumbers, engineers, painters. My mechanic is right here. The tons of mechanics. Shout out to EDP. I love them. Sweet. EDP is amazing. If anybody we don't know who you are, but we're shouting you out. <laughs> Shout out to Dale. If anybody yeah, needs Dale. automotive Big work, Dale. my dad used to work there for many years. Nice. Go to EDP if you need automotive work. Sorry. Cool. Go ahead. Oh, Go to EDP. All good. Um, I think what Shane was going after, we, were, we just, we did want to tackle like that lunch program. You know, feed feed a few people, have some sandwiches here and here and there. But uh, at this point, we're just taking it 
taking it real slow and, and just happy that we have a, a production space and which I did just get to try one of the, the burgers or sandwiches or whatever. And it was amazing. <laughs> so like, would that, would that have been an example of something you would have done? So every day on our stories, when we make staff meal, we take a photo of it and you are the first guy who doesn't work here, who got a, oh. who got a hashtag staff meal. Really? Staff meal. Staff meal. Did yeah. you guys take a photo of that? Kyle was too proud of it. He had to let it go into the void. <laughs> I was going to say, I it was just too good. over here I did let take you go photo. on with this lie. I don't know where you're going. Did, do we get a photo? You took a photo. <laughs> no. I took a photo. Yeah, yeah. you did. I'll put hashtags <laughs> right, meal. There you yeah. go. Yeah, you got to keep the tradition. Well, yeah, but I want to see how good you guys are on with the, the social media game. People like that. People like the hashtag staff oh, man. <laughs> the best thing about social media lately is that along with like pushing the envelope, some of our like friends or competition like you've seen like our, our social media like got really popular because i think of how like organic it was and it was just us and, and kyle really like leads the charge on that and then a couple of months ago we've seen the transition to like some of the other um like competing uh butcher shops in town stuff like hiring out social media people and it's been so great um mostly just because it like relights that fire right you're like oh yeah like oh and that's we driving you yeah i mean we don't have the money to like hire <laughs> yeah. well no, so no. there's way less so we were, time in the day now we I were mean, kicking was... ass for so long and then it's like you get to watch yeah. them start to catch up and we're like oh shit like we gotta we gotta get better i love that yeah. I, turn and burn. I personally love having a bit of i work best under pressure yeah absolutely mm-hmm. even though like if i had a, a choice i i think i do i would rather be under pressure for sure but there's always this he- sort of hesitation in my mind where if I know pressure is coming, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'd rather not have that. But I always do better with it. For sure. And you just, you just, you just go and do what you do. Yeah. And you can almost get out of your own head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and you're just like, yeah, that's all about that. Like you said, a little bit, a little bit extra drive, a little extra kick. Hundred percent. Well, it's oh, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it, we've become masters, I think, of motivating each other, of like kind of like sparking the fire in the other one and just being like, hey, like, what do you think of that? Dude, does, that, does that bother you? I'm like, oh, I hate that. Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do? Okay, we'll we'll get these animals. We'll bring those in. That's we'll one make, of the good things. We'll make the next next level thing, and then we'll see see where the dust settles. See what people say. I mean, it used to be so easy to do that because we used to just be crazy. We used to. I mean, it's it's hard, like, because we're we're just a lot more busy than we, we used to be. Obviously, so yeah. we used to. I mean, we would rotate. We'd have like three new features like every week, like flavor wise and, and stuff. Like it's it's been toned down quite a bit because we just can't keep up with. It's kind of a double edged sword, right? You get you get a lot of people that want what they want because they had this thing, and we we still every once in a while get somebody coming to the market, and they'll just be like, "I'm, I'm looking for this thing," and they like describe it, and you're just like, "Well, man, we haven't made that for two years. Like that's just some random that thing one-off. that you had once." So um, how often are you guys doing features and like? How like you have a staple, obviously, of products yeah. that are always there. That like you probably dialed in pretty good now. I but, mean, even then, that's just like to our standards. Like even we still run like two sausage features probably every every sort of rotation. Um, but it used to be just a lot more weekly, a lot more like of an organic mix of sort of just creativity yeah. going into it. But uh, we had to sort of dial it into to our strongest flavors. But that was a nice like adjusting time there because we, I mean, Shane just took our recipe book apart a little bit. Uh, a couple months ago but i mean we had like approaching on like 70 probably recipes in there just like oh really just silly and you're gonna have somebody that that's gonna love every single one of those so probably everyone's come out and saying hey can you do this one can you do that one yeah and we were just scared that we had people that were just like just in it for the like the ride right and they're like what are they gonna do next weekend oh, like, we, we really had didn't some people like we that. really didn't want to lose those and so mm-hmm. we we make that conscious effort to like not only make like this roster of stuff that is good that we're really proud of but like you have to yeah, like I can think of three customers every week that just come up here and like, what's new? 
like I've eaten everything. Like, what do you, what do you guys what got want. going? And you're just like, oh or man, it's still the opposite, right? Like we get the question for Korean so often. Yeah. It's just like you, you knock something out of the park and then like people really want you to bring it back. And then you got to make the choice if you're going to make that like a, uh, like a staple thing. Yeah. Well, especially like that, that sausage in particular was, was awesome. It was really good, but it had so a, what, what it was had it a technical flaw. It was just a, just like a, a kimchi basically. And you guys are doing the kimchi in house. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that mean, kimchi is nice. It's like it's not too spicy. It's like that stuff was amazing. It's pretty hard, pretty sour. Like, it's, it's really got a, good. A pretty yeah. strong ferment. Yeah. Um, it's also a little bit more ginger forward than than most kimchi's, which I think helps a lot with. Totally, I felt that it was very balanced. Uh, is the we, way I would describe we it. We get crazy reviews from people that have spent time in Korea. Uh, people that are just kimchi fans. People that are from bigger cities. People from um, like Seattle or Toronto that you know are like have a, like a lot more exposure to to foreign food or. or dare I say like more authentic and while I wouldn't say that our kimchi is very authentic as far as it's like a like a Korean kimchi goes like the the processes are I mean we're buying vegetables we make the the seasoning sauce um, from yeah. chilies and fish sauce and the puree and we still use like big old ceramic rocks yeah, oh, yeah. We, we ferment like old school we don't bury them but I mean we do everything else like mm -hmm. by the book and, and so, what's what's the flaw you're talking about uh, in that sausage particularly there's yeah. um there's like a problem with some of the enzyme that's in the kimchi that's like kind of notorious for fermenting it. And then the texture of that sausage at the end. And no one's ever really reported it or notices yeah. it, but it's just, it goes back to us just being like, man, just it's not right. It's just breaking down the casings a little bit too much. We're having a, like a little bit of trouble there with the casings being the fish sauce. Would that only be an issue if you had it for quite a while? No, that's what was shocking. Is we or were like finding, right away. Yeah, yeah, we were finding that it was like, it would really weaken the sausage casing. So when you went to go cook it, the sausage could break up. So if you're like putting it in like a fried rice or a dish, it didn't matter. But if you wanted to, it was an awesome like hoagie, like on a bun. And we never had anybody complain or anything, but we just weren't happy with kind of the snap and the twang and how the dog came out at the end. And so we like took it off and yeah, we've heard like just outcries for that sauce. We have to fix it, but we're just so busy. I mean, that's also kind of like goes back to, it's, it is funny, but like, so I feel much. like you guys should have some exclusive deal with like an exclusive bun and have like the most insane hot dog in the city. I mean, we have we, we have, have some we have some ideas. For, no, no, but like something, <laughs> but yeah. something something somebody can really uh, get. I mean, you guys aren't serving food here, no. so you, are you are you able to do that if you wanted to? Yeah, I mean, we have we we do wholesale to basically anybody that wants it, but uh, I mean, it's just hard. We but we like if you were making sandwiches, are you licensed to be able to do that? Oh yeah, you, yeah. you can do that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we would have to do a little bit of a touch up probably for for the front of house and getting, getting things dialed into like the new regulations just to do take and go food. Sure. Um, whereas like right now we're, we're set up for how it is and, um, we don't really have to adjust that much, but, uh, to do the, the more hot server like food to go, I think we would have to do a, a little bit of, uh, adjusting downstairs, but. Cause what are the different products you guys have right now? Oh, do you want, do you want all 250 of them? <laughs> you got 250 different things? Uh, no, but we, we have a lot. It's, it's every, absurd. Yeah. Every market we probably bring a, a good selection of like 30 to 40 products with us because i would love to touch on the bake stuff sure yeah let's talk about it yeah, yeah those tarts for sure those you, tarts are something special you love those tarts yeah what do you often say yeah. about them <laughs> what they fuck no, that's what i wanted to hear yeah they do. you heard it here first they're good you hear you heard it you heard it here first folks them tarts <laughs> they do what you like but the 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 bacon in there it just, mm. it's, it's like smoked bacon, right? So yeah. it gets back to like kind of what we were saying earlier. It was like every knife stroke is supposed to have this purpose. And so we have more equipment. We can make more stuff. We bought an oven. We got this big smoker. And for years we would, we'd bang on people's doors and be like, do you want to like run a defryer with lard? Or do you want to like, 
run. We, we have a soap maker who makes soap out of it. It's amazing soap. Um, but everybody was always, ah, nobody will buy lard pastry or like, nobody's going to buy pig soap. And we were like, that doesn't make any sense. Even like back in the day, like you'd grow a hog to like grease your tractor or something like you needed fat. All English pastry is based out of pork lard. And so when we finally had a space that was our own, um, we have a really good friend, um, who was like kind of looking for a, for a gig at the time. And we like kind of worked out a deal where she would come in and bake for us essentially. Um, what's her name? We had all, huh? her name's Courtney. She's rad. Shout out to her. She's the, uh, the pastry chef at Courtney room. Awesome. Um, but we just, we had all these ideas to like, to get this, this program going, but not exactly the, uh, I mean, I did, did some pastry work when I was in school, um, but very, very limited. Um, and, so you guys- and Shane's like more of a bread maker than a, than a pastry person. Um, so we just, we had the, the ideas and, and the sort of the concept, but, uh, not the, the skills to really, to get it firing. So we definitely needed to bring somebody in to help us build that program and then, um, get it, get it off the ground a little bit. But, uh, cause right now you guys have the cookies, mm-hmm. you have the tarts. We do, uh, we do like a, like a proper English pie, um, without like a rotating filling every week. So like really good crispy lard pastry. Um, and what are the size? What's the size on that? It's hard to, hard to say. I don't know if I've ever weighed one actually, but like, like the diameter, probably about 130 grams for it's a little like right, pie. In, right in between like a, what I would say is like a meal size and, and like just above like a snack size. Okay. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Yeah. They're like the same, same size as the tarts basically, but, okay. but a little heftier cause they're, sure. they're filled and they have a cap. But that tart is just the, the texture to it's amazing. So yeah, the, the, you had the idea for that basically. It's, um, yeah, it was going to be right before, right before COVID hit. We, uh, we had this, um, another shout out to Brian at the, uh, the corner room chef there and Chris, um, actually find kind of funny. Chris, uh, did a stage with us at whole beast. That's how we, that's how we met him. So he, he worked with us way back in the day. Um, but both those guys over there that are running the corner room are, are good friends. Um, they've been, uh, nothing but helpful to us over the years, uh, <laughs> with different random projects and stuff. Um, and so we, uh, we had this idea where we wanted to do a dinner or a co-op dinner and they offered, um, to team up with us and do a little bit of a, a long, a long table format dinner or like a seated, uh, plated dinner there. Um, but that was supposed to be on March 29th. Um, so that did not happen, but we had this menu, um, and the, the end, end part of the menu was, a like a traditional, like Montreal, like Tato Sucla. And I just had this idea where I, I knew I wanted it to be a bacon or like a smoky crust. I didn't really know how, how it was going to happen or, or what, what the sort of process was, but, uh, they had made a, a mock-up of it for, for that dinner and we had gone and, and tasted it and it was, it was quite good. <laughs> So we yeah, she knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's like we knew that we wanted that. It's uh, the best sugar pie around. It's part of the uh, so ridiculous. I mean, like I'm it. I'm a cookie monster. So I, I think my first thing was I went for the cookie, but then I'm like, oh, I'll try the tart too. Yeah. But now I I like I'm happy just to get the tart. Yeah. It's it's almost too much. I like, think the tart's it's a the best thing that we make. Yeah. Or the best like baked good for sure. Yeah. It's because what other baked stuff do you have? Uh, right now we have a well, fairly here, static line. Here's a question: You guys got pizza pops? Oh yeah. <laughs> You know it. <laughs> because I, since COVID hit, I've eaten an ungodly amount of like pizza pops. Yeah, we're trying to bring you that that ethical pizza pop, dog. I that know. Pizza pop I need to try one of these things. 
Uh, they're they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Is, is this like an all the time thing, or was it a feature? Or? We've got a fair amount mm-hmm. made. I think we'll uh, run them. We'll really, run them until people get sick of them. Yeah, we run. We have them most of the time. And do you have different flavors, or is it just the one original? At the moment, it's just pepperoni bacon. Yeah. And that's kind of the the okay. one. But we'll we'll move into like a salami one or, or something like that. And how many different cheeses do you have in there? It's just one. Okay. Yeah. We uh. It was funny. The first time I made the filling, it looks so much like pizza pop filling. It's just uncanny. Yeah, we just kept joking about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, we're just like, this looks so much like yeah. a pizza pop. We actually use curd. Curds is the, and was that is the, the cheese uh, that's in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Where well, do you get the curds from? Uh, we kind of just go anywhere for that. I mean, we do really like Halt Whistles uh, curds. Yeah. Um, so Halt, when, whistles, Halt Whistle is yeah. amazing. Yeah, when we can when we can do that, uh, we do that avenue. Um other than just picking up cheese for our staff meals, we always have a few whole whistle things in the fridge, mostly just for our own sandwiches. Those guys but, are full on amazing. But yeah, curds, we just look for like French Canadian yeah. cheese curds. Anything kind of standard. Some squeaky and good. I used to love the cheese curds at um at Root Cellar. They started importing them like a year or two ago. Hmm. And I and I first discovered them and then they, they didn't have them all the time. Yeah. I haven't been in there recently to see if they're still there. But then they started getting them more regularly. And that was like a staple of my quinoa salad. Cool. Mm-hmm. Those cheese curds when you when you heat them up and they melt a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. I always microwave my salad too. I'm glad that we can bond over that. No lettuce. What? The salad has no lettuce. Yeah, hey, I got kale too. Okay. No <laughs> Steam it up with that cheese. <laughs> yeah. I just I'll do yeah, anything. Just like the property of curd. It's just like we use it in a few sausages too, just because it has that uh you can get it really hot and it doesn't like disappear. It has that like melty sort yeah. of cheese texture no matter what you what you throw at it, whether you're hot, you know, on on a charcoal grill, just like destroying it with heat or or if you're like being a little more gentle, it doesn't like a lot of people do with like the, the cheddar smoky or whatever, but I just personally I can't stand when you like cut open a sausage and it's just like you get this hole because there's there was cheese there obviously, right? But it, it kinda like melted away. Well there's a challenge. Yeah. Make it so it doesn't melt away. Yeah. There it How is. How do you guys do that? Uh, that's, that's the, that's why we use curd. We look, yeah, we look it's for curd sturdy. or other cheeses that like you can, you can abuse. I we think this should, be, this should be the challenge for you guys. Make it cheese smoky that that cheese stays in there somehow. <laughs> we have a, we have a pretty, a couple like pretty rad, like yeah. we have a jalapeno cheddar smoky that we bring back every once in a while. That's like insane. Most really? We just yeah. shred it. Okay. Let me know when you have that. I'm going to buy some. Okay. I want to try sure. that. Yeah. Comes, How, yeah. Comes every once in a while. So do you have plans for other baked goods coming up? I don't think we have anything on the docket immediately. At the moment, we're just trying to get through summer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie, we're uh, we're pretty pretty in over our head every week, just trying to get uh, get markets stock. How many markets do you guys at? Uh, just two this year: yeah, Esquimalt on Thursdays and, and Saturday Moss, on Moss, Moss Street. Street. Yeah. yeah, you got you guys are over over always by the mile zero there. Yeah. Exactly. Shout yeah. out to Mile Zero. These oh, guys yeah. are the best. They also just opened up a location. Exactly. So come get your sausages and then take a hike down there and get a coffee. I want to go down there and, and check them out. You can double dip. You can get a pepperoni here and you can get a pepperoni there. Watch really? out for the secret coffee pepperoni that's yeah. coming to them. Might we be, just talked might, about doing a collab doing today. A mocha, a mocha, mocha pepperoni. Oh, yes. Talked about that today. Yep. So it's an exclusive. Do you know a timeline on that maybe? Um, Give us a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. We don't like to shoot ourselves in the foot. We got to okay. make it and realize it's terrible. Make fun of each other. Ah, go have, back to the drawing board. The we have a, that's like one of our one of our more like exclusive or not exclusive, but just like a, a variety that nobody else does. We do like a, a mocha chorizo. So like the the bones are already there. We just need to adapt it into a stick for them. And what other partnerships do you guys have? Because you work with a lot of different people. Yeah. Yeah, before we get too into it, I guess I should say, like, you know, on the COVID term, like, thanks so much to all of our customers. I mean, we were really scared in March when everything shut down. 
um, because we were doing about like 60, 40, like a ton of wholesale. And then the markets were like kind of keeping us going through the winter. Also, yeah, before you, before you move on, like shout out to Kyle too at, at Moss Street. Oh my God. I mean, Katrina's, Katrina's awesome too, but like Esquimalt had a little bit of a buffer. They, they got those, those few weeks to sort themselves like Kyle and, and, and the Moss Street team, like they were in the thick of it. They, they pivoted, paved they the way. Pivoted. I love that they're down at that other field now, Yeah, but they expanded like that. Yeah. Well, and they tried to shut him down. Yeah, he, really. Yeah, they, they full on. Yeah, they full hard. on. Like, uh, they tried to shut that down, and Kyle was like, "We are. We like. I will prove to you that we are safer than a grocery store, and that this is like an essential service, like a re- like you know, like a really essential service." Because um, think about like, I mean, you hear my sob story. I'm like, we worked so hard, and our sausages fell apart. But there's so many farmers, there's so many vendors at that market that like, you know, that's their that's their breadbasket. Yeah, and this guy who's I essentially mean, like, ours, a, yeah, and there's a he's like essentially like a like a volunteer you know, slash like chairman, like it's, it's his side gig and he like fought to keep it open. So yeah, good call. Kyle Goulet, yeah. he's the man. Well, they, yeah. Well, I just mean, he had no time. Like he was <laughs> just, just day to day when we were in like, you know, mid March there. Cause I mean, we didn't, we didn't stop. Like we didn't, we didn't really have any time where we, we stopped production, even though when it was kind of hairy and we didn't really know what we were producing for or if we were, you know, just there for, for no reason. It was just kind of like, I actually did want to touch on that. Like what that feeling must be like as like business owners, like your new space and that, that whole situation hits with COVID and the pandemic and like how scary that must be. It must like, what does that feel like? So we weren't even done this space when it hit, we were like, we thought we were like a month out. This place was still like, there were still like walls that needed to be like covered up and plumbing that needed to be like finished. And I mean, we looked at each other like, that's it. Like, it's up in smoke. Um, yeah, we definitely went to the lawyer, like, right away, and we're like, what so does bankruptcy like, look like? Did you actually <laughs> feel like, like, now we're going to go bankrupt or game, it's game over? Well, I mean, like I said, like, all of our wholesale shut down because all the restaurants were forced to close. Just overnight? Yeah. 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 Like, we were just, doing a ton. You know, yeah, we were making so much sausage for restaurants. Um, Crazy. And, and cured meat and stuff. And it, we must have been making away. more food. Two dudes, like, pound for pound. Two guys like we were making the most food in in Victoria for sure. Just yeah, I like think so. Out of like weight, we were hellbent. Like it was, uh, it was, was insane. Just, we were going through so much volume right before March. Um, just a lot. And then yeah, we were really championed by our customers. These people were just like, yeah, like we don't want to see this company evaporate. And I mean, there's so many stories in this town of it happening. But like, I was really humbled, and I think you were really humbled too. Oh yeah, the market. People, the people, market was crazy. People picked us up, and we're like, no, you're not. You're not going to fade away. And we like, pivoted into delivery pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, you we did an amazing uh, job of, of starting that program back yeah, up. And we were like maybe maybe a couple of days behind where we where we could have been, but it was a pretty fast, pretty quick pivot. Yeah, how does that feel when you when you have customers that are so like diehard that like they're like, no, you guys, you're going to be, we're going to get you through this. It's insanely humbling. Oh, it's like great. like for these people that you you prior to having your business, you didn't know them, you yeah. know, and now yeah. now you're making a product that they care about so much. That they and they they like you guys obviously, so they they that that has made a big enough impact on them that they're willing and wanting to help you on that level. What does that What does that feel like? Yeah, we, I mean, we have the best customers. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's like the dumbest, trip, the dumbest cliche, that. but we really do. Like, it's we like, haven't had a Saturday off in four yeah. years, and it's like we're never dreading going to a market. Oh, no, Moss Moss is like my favorite market. I mean, Esquire Malt's good too, but I don't do it all the time. But Moss Moss is like the one that we still do together every saturday it recharges your batteries like we go and we get our asses kicked there and we sell a ton of food to people that like care about the food and where it comes from yeah we have like a lineup this year and that's kind of like crazy it's cool <laughs> it's that's like, sick right it's like getting yeah. inducted into like the ogs yeah. like for years we just watched like all these like you know established businesses like kill it and people would get in line in this year 
it's been really really humbling and we wouldn't have bad years like previous but like this year has been been like a little little bit different than than previous years for sure and yeah has covid forced you then i guess i mean obviously it shied you away from um supplying restaurants Mm -hmm. has it has it put pressure on you and and made you do anything you wouldn't have done otherwise because i've talked to some people recently and they like there's things that they would have not have chosen to do but they did because they had to because of covid and it's actually worked out like better than what they were doing previously, but they would have never done it in the first place. I think first and foremost, it, it really like made us think about like our reaction with the general public or our, or not our reaction, but our, um, our relation with them and their relation with us and about like keeping every party safe. I mean, it's something that especially like I'm, I'm like not as detail oriented in that aspect. And like Kyle came with a bunch of ideas that were really awesome on a bunch of different said, and I, and I was like, yeah, like you're right. We have to take this thing like really serious. Like we don't want to be responsible, especially like when none of us, like we're really lucky where we live, but none of us knew how it was going to play out. I have no idea how in Victoria, like I saw that report on CTV yesterday that we haven't had a case in the South Island in three and a half weeks with so many people. It seems like are coming here at this whole time, Victoria, we've all been living like probably as close to normal as you can get like anywhere in the world. Maybe. I mean, yeah. we were, we were working in masks in basically like early February oh. and well, like people yeah. looked at us like we were crazy. Maybe not yeah. quite that early, but I had, I had ordered masks for us like early, like yeah. so early, <laughs> uh, in a, a little bit of a doomsday prepper style fashion. But, uh, yeah, when, I mean, I remember the the sort of week to week there when it was really touch and go and, and the markets were really trying to figure out if they were a thing. And, yeah, we had people like coming and, and making like pretty rude comments to us. We got made like, fun of and stuff. Yeah, because we really? had masks on. And, they had 95s. And, yeah, and then like a week later, like everything was shut down and, and everybody had, you know, some form of of reality sort of conked onto their head. But, uh, yeah, we had a, a few weeks there where we had some uh, – some interesting comments with, with walk by traffic, but yeah. Yeah, no, well, good for you guys. For me, like I, I respect that you guys do what you believe in and you just stand with it. Oh, we even used to, well, I mean, we were like hyper, hyper prepared. Probably we used to like work like in full shifts, like with masks. I mean, we still do sometimes depending on sort of what's going on with, uh, the retail side, the retail yeah. and, and the bubble that we sort of have staff yeah, wise. No. Good for you guys. Um, because I, I, I feel like I'm more cautious than a, a lot of my friends. So good for you guys. Well, you just, I mean, a like we've worked so hard to get this business to where it is. Like we would hate to lose it over, lose it over negligence. Yeah. Can right? you imagine if like a breakout, something happened from like your business, like that would be, it'd be awful. Well, and if you just got like a, we're just saying like how much we love our customers. Like they're so amazing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, man, if we made one of them sick. Yeah. Heartbreaking. God forbid, like something happened to them. Like, man. Of course. It's also a little weird because our, our setup is, I mean, like we had talked about briefly um, before at the very beginning about market setup, our, our setup is like vastly different than than almost any other meat uh, producer, which is kind of funny because, I mean, we by no means did we invent it. Plenty of people in the, in the States um, have, have this kind of setup where they have ice bins and sort of display things more um, sort of out to the open but here before um us at farmers markets everything meat wise was done in a cooler and kind of like uh on a signboard um you know you couldn't see the product you couldn't touch it it was all brown brown bagged brown yeah, paper wrapped of- just very like you know not brand forward not very appealing to the eye um whereas obviously you you've seen our stand you know it, it's very like akin to, to growing and and being interactive with the product and, and well, you get like to see and when you have the baked goods and you have that little uh, plexiglass 
thing that you have out and you can see it it looks kind of like a bakery that little portion mm -hmm. just everything with you guys it seems with the way you have set it up is very intentional there's a reason why it's all done the way it is mm -hmm. i mean and that was yeah i mean now that we now that we kind of have this thing where we like make all these sausages that are like very colorful and stuff like the the clear plastic and like being able to actually see the colors is like important to to sort of our brand and 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 what we do um so I mean, yeah we, we didn't want to like dial that back too much because it is very it's like anytime we do beet sausage like it it's like an eye catcher right? like nine times out of ten somebody will stop and be like oh whoa a purple sausage <laughs> it's like what's the purple sausage what's in that one uh, it's just like beet puree okay I mean, we'll do we'll do a variant of like a, a beet style pork sausage but every time it, it like catches catches somebody's eye and they, they stop just for that maybe they don't pick that one up but it's it's part of like it's something it's, different yeah, it's, it's like on visually, instagram visually appealing I, I saw a um, uh, Machosen Farms shout out to Fiona, but she posted up a photo of these blue potatoes, mm -hmm. like like deep deep yeah, dark Russian, blue Russian blues, and it was I, I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. So it's like it, it catches your eye, and it's just something different. Yeah, and of course when she in her description she put it, it's like it's sort of a silky texture or something to that. So even the texture is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean you you want to be especially if you're going to go to something like the Mossery Market um, and spend your money there, like you really need to like be engaged, right? Like. You can go get potatoes anywhere. You can go get sausages anywhere. Well, the thing so about why are you going to get out of bed on your Saturday morning and go? Like you're going to go because you like believe in those people. You think that like they're growing the food or they're making the food and they're doing it like with intention, with reason. They're trying to like a catch a hole in the market. B hopefully create something like really sustainable and special. C maybe pass some of that story or tradition. There's that market's incredible. Yeah, I mean all the farmers markets we've done have been really incredible just by the nature of what they are. But that market is like. It's one of the best things to do in Victoria. If you like, if you don't have something to do on your Saturday morning, like get your your best friend or your partner or your parents or whatever, and just go down there. Like you don't have to spend money; just go for a walk. Like it's it's awesome. There's so many awesome people at that market. Yeah, all the vendors. Like I know a fair amount there, and they're all amazing people. Mm -hmm. And I've I've gone probably about four or five weeks this year. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. How has it been at the market not being able to give out samples? So we never really gave out. Oh, yeah, samples. That's right. You guys never no, really did. We so, don't do that. Life. Yeah, uh, I mean, we just. Would would you have done the baked goods as a sample? No, nope. I don't think so. No, okay. we really stand by our stuff. I mean, if you don't like it, like we'll we'll give you your money back. Yeah, for real. Like we've always said that. Like we're we're not going to sell anything that we're not proud of. We're not going to sell anything that's it's like we we're saying even with that sausage earlier. Like what's wrong with it? And like most people wouldn't even know. Most people don't know and they want it back. But if somebody like, came, what well, if somebody came to you and was like adamant about something, then you guys would be like, okay. I think we've done two refunds in five years, maybe. You know, know, the classic one was like my bacon like... was kind of fatty and we're just like, oh, it's bacon. Sorry. Yeah. I um, mean, some people like <laughs> there always is going to be someone who's on like totally unreasonable and you just can't win. Sure. That's, that's always going to happen at some point. But yeah, that's the cost of doing business. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We've had so, so, so little on the terms of complaints. I, I would say it's like within one hand and that's like being honest. Yeah. I think maybe like three, three complaints probably. Ever. Last, like, Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. We get people that are like. I love this sausage, but it's too spicy for me. And we're just like, well, you got to get tougher. Yeah, those don't count. You yeah, gotta that, get you got to get me, tougher. That count. Yeah, that's just a, that's a yeah. There's a, a difference between like it's technically wrong and you don't like it. And exactly. Like, I have no tolerance for you don't like it because this we made this thing with intention and it's yeah, beautiful. It's hard. Well, yeah, we never. I mean, it, it's different reasons why we don't do samples now. I mean, back then we didn't have money yep. to do samples. Like I said, we like scraped this thing together with like the money in our shoes and we like, could we could have done it we could have done it a lot cheaper we could have done what a lot of people do where you're just like i yeah, sell local pork yeah, and i just bring i bring pork in from the fraser valley and it's like a massive farm i mean i was just like yeah i mean we just we, we always like 
when we started, we like tackled a product that was hyper expensive to make like on our end. Like we, we already put the money in. We didn't have money to sort of give, give it away. Um, we were already doing the thing. And when we started, we had like, again, like I said, we didn't know what we were doing business wise. We definitely spent the first summer, like selling things way too cheap, not making any money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that got adjusted a little bit, but, uh, yeah, we just, we just didn't have the option to really, to give it away for free. Um, especially when we were, we were paying, you know, two, three, four times more for pork than, than your average producer. So where are you sourcing things from? How did that all, how'd you make those connections? Yeah. How so, did that work? I mean, that was like a big drive of like how we started. Um, we had all these like little connections to, to a few different farmers here and there. Um, Jeff, uh, who used to, uh, who used to run pig restaurant, um, now is in, in Cowichan and, uh, he just, he did something recently, right? Couldn't you order pig? He's got pig mobile going. Yeah. I don't know exactly. He's not he's raising hogs back. this year. There was but, something during COVID though, that like you could order some, some of the pig stuff yeah. again. Yeah. It's yeah. coming back. So but, yeah, he went out there to, to yeah. start a farm with his, with his wife. 1740. Um, and yeah, they were awesome. They would buy basically like uh, Berkshire cross piglets and raise them on their property. They bought out there. And, um, like Jeff's a shrewd guy. He's smart. He's not going to like work his ass off and like not make any money and like he he was just like this is what i need for my pigs and i think the first time he raised pigs we bought half the lot mm-hmm. and brass the coal took one and olo took one yeah and we were like okay like this is the company we're gonna keep then like if this is the standard yeah. right and we have like two of the best restaurants in victoria and they're willing to like buy these very expensive pigs and put them on their menu and charge what they need to charge for them to make money i was like we can be that's wow. that's good company to be in also jeff was doing us a, a solid back then i remember the first pig that we bought we used to go on site and butcher them. We used to butcher them at oh his farm because we didn't have a backpacker. We didn't have back bags. We had nothing. Yeah, he had this hilarious uh, shed. So we used to go there like early and cold. Oh shit! Fucking cold. Just so cold. Not I just remember. cold, but it's fucking cold. Fucking yeah, cold. it was like December. I yeah. remember us. We're up there, get up there so at five early. in the morning. Yeah, so early. And uh, yeah, we we get to his property and he pulls up in the back of like a bit like a Honda Odyssey or a Dodge Caravan or something. Yeah. And he had gone to the abattoir that morning and and couching to pick his hogs up. And he like pulls back into a shed and yeah, he had like a little meat cutting room in there. Real rudimentary. A couple of stainless steel tables from when the restaurant uh, came apart, and a backpacker and a sink and place to do your dishes and a little fridge and. I think the first time we spent like a full day, basically like 10 hours cutting up like four oh, hogs yeah. in his, in his shed. And he Backing came in at the end all. of the day and he was just like, wow, guys, like great job. He's like, I don't know if you're going to make any money doing this though. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you guys are slow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that was also, we were a little rusty at that point yeah. we hadn't cut, we hadn't cut pigs up in a while. Um, but yeah, I was like. Kind of, kind of funny how, how that goes full circle. Yeah. Lots of people are about farm to table, but I don't know how many people uh, can go say the that farm. they used to go to the farm and, and cut the animals up from the farm on site uh, other than people that own the farms. But yeah, we were, we were pretty dialed into, to where the pigs were coming from and, and to really tackle a, an aggressively high quality. Um, so how many different farms are you working with then? I would say right now on like a really small scale, we probably have five or six yeah, somewhere around there. A lot of people are like Shane said, a little in, in limbo, especially if they're a small producer right now, there's a, a lot of problems going on with like the abattoirs and, and stuff and COVID just really kind of putting the wrench in a lot of the systems. Um, so a lot of our smaller farmers kind of, uh, took a step down from, from raising, um, as many pigs, if not a total step down, uh, just until the abattoirs get sorted and, and life gets a little bit, uh, more regular again. We've got a pig coming from Comox Valley this month. 
um, to try these guys out. Uh, I think the farm's called Lentilus. Is that right? Is that no? No. So uh, we have some. That's that's so funny. Like some of the, the places that we uh, deal with are um, so small that they don't even have names. Like he- uh, Heather is or right. no, Caroline. 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 Thank Caroline. You. <laughs> like I can tell you the name of Caroline the farmer, farm, but, but uh, not the farm name, just because I just because it's just just different interactions. So that how had. does it how does it work if you like? Does the farm approach you? Are you out looking for the farm or how Usually does it work? it's the opposite. Every once in a while somebody calls us and says like, we have some hogs. And then we're initially like very suspicious. Well, like, that's, that's, I want to know like, how do you guys choose? Okay, we're going to take a chance and buy one of these animals. Um, the other thing is like a lot of people get into it with like the best of intentions. They're just like, I want to raise a heritage bred pig and I want to sell it to a restaurant that cares or to a butcher shop that cares. But these, these pigs carry like a lot of fat and they're way harder to raise. They're way smarter. Um, they really tear land up. They escape all the time. And so they read about kind of like at a medium-sized level what it costs to like bring a, a little piglet in and, and raise it to slaughter weight and then how much money they should expect from it. And then they do it the first time and they're way over budget. And nobody will touch it. And so we have to come in and try and at least give them their money back, if not like put some money in their pocket so that they can do it again in the next round and like dial it in a little bit more. But we get we get this, this sad story all the time of people who like raise three or four pigs and then these pigs end up being like 400 pounds or something. And they're like all fat because or way past, way past, or way past have like yeah. sold them. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like what Shane said. A lot of people, it, it takes a, like a, just cause of the, the breed that we like, um, Shane keeps re- referencing heritage breed. So we, we look for that like old school, like old European, uh, stock or, or Spanish stock, um, or old English. Uh, What's different about that? So it's it's kind of like what uh, what Shane touched on instincts. A lot of a lot of breeding instincts and animal instincts are left intact um, with those breeds. Whereas uh, what they call like a Yorkshire or a land race, what most people sort of um, know and and think about when they see a pig, it's like that you know that classic white, pink looking pig, um, really lazy, um, really inbred at this point, unfortunately, and and just very docile. Like doesn't have a lot of instincts. Really just likes super to lay around. Just lays down and yeah. 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 Um, and of course, like we, when we started, we, it's kind of a, a cross section now, like it, it is like just blended into it, but we never really, the ethical part of it always just came from looking for the highest quality. Uh, and it just goes hand in hand, like the sort of the ethical raising and, and having an animal that can have a, a free roaming sort of approach just tastes better. Is right? it, if somebody owns like a heritage or is going to raise a heritage pig, mm-hmm. is it generally then if they're going to, if someone's going to be doing that, they're, they're they know what they're doing and they want to do it properly. Is that kind of what you'd find? I mean, we Sometimes. wish that was the case, but no, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of information about it. Yeah. Okay. Do you, uh, I mean, does, ha- does the meat taste different? Totally. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, so if you've ever heard of, uh, uh, what is it in Japanese? Corbuto, the, the pork that Japan is, is famous yeah, the, for. The that, Kuribota pigs. That's okay. a, that's I a never... Berkshire pork. And it's, it's what most heritage breed crosses are are based off of. Okay. Um, here at least. Um, but it's, it's like a really famous, um, delicacy over there. So would you say that one of those pigs raised ethically and and properly, and then you take one of the other pigs, that's more, um, like the, what, what I would consider to see when I see a pig, right. Mm -hmm. Both of them are raised the same way. Does the heritage one still taste different? Oh, way better. Okay. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously like the surroundings are important, but like, taken any athlete or a solid like genetics or like a huge part of it okay right like just what what you can play the game with period and so you have these like older wilder animals better is maybe the wrong word they're yeah. different different they're just way different and it, when we say better like we think they're better but we have like we've eaten so many 
pigs from all over the world, from all different casts and breeds. There's nothing wrong with somebody being like, I love the taste of like a Yorkshire Landrace cross or a little pink uh-huh. pig. Like they're good. They're, they taste good, but they're not meaty. They're not rich. The fat isn't unctuous and succulent. Do you have any, any pig that stands out in your mind as like the best you ever had? Uh, Anything jump out? It goes like. I have favorites for sure. Like the, the Iberian pigs from Spain are like yeah. close to my heart. Like I, I, I got a tattoo when I was in Spain of them and like the story is amazing. And the, 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 what's the, what's the story? is amazing. They're a, they're a really old breed of pig that grow from um, like the San Sebastian area in Basque country. And they're known as like the fattest pigs in the world. And they've been making um on, which is like their prosciutto for like a long time. But the really high quality ones are always raised on oak orchards. So they like kill them right after like the, the acorns drop acorn, in the fall. Yeah. So they're like, they're fed like acorns. And so there's like a lot of argument between mm-hmm. scientists and ham lovers and farmers about like does it is it the breed or is it the acorns is the the amino profile on their feed what makes them special but the meat is red like beef Um, and we've been really lucky we've dealt with some pigs that are descendants of those we dealt with a lot of asaba which a lot like not a lot of farms are willing to do and that's a descendant of that pig that was left in america like kind of in the creole states on asaba island and um it's cool like you confuse people and they think it's beef like it's like red it's red it's red and the fat is like hard and that's wild it's cool it's it's amazing but you get this pig and you look at it and you're like oh there's not a lot of meat there's a little submarine of fat and then you carve it all off and the fat's amazing you got to find something to do with it but the meat itself is like so special and so do you guys do dry aging you do right well wow here and here and there a little bit i mean we, we is have that something you would maybe expand in the future yeah it's yeah. definitely a program we look to build especially like kyle said like we're just we're so over our heads right now yeah. so it's like we know how to do it we know what we need to do it um but building that program is just going to take take some time and yeah. kind of figure out the ends the end goal of it right like we don't we're not going to be everybody and just be like we're going to buy cheap beef and dry it for 20 days like you know some high-end grocery store would do and sell it for a bunch of money we're going to find like some crazy some crazy beef, some crazy ducks, some crazy poultry or whatever, and do it proper. Yeah, it was like at Hank's, that Wagyu, that I had one of their Angus, or not Angus, the, the Wagyu burgers. Cool. But they dry aged it for, I think it was three months mm. or something, and it was it was insane. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But like the, the beef to start with was yeah, You start with something stuff. insane, and then you you'd yeah. like try, and, try and do right by it, right? Yeah, do exactly. Do your best not to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah, um, you give it the right treatment. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have a little bit of a, an extra space for, for that program to grow, but I mean, going back and forth, um, I'm like trying to do a, a deep dive into, into fish curing right now to see if we can start that program and see which, which one would, would take off more, um, the dry HB for the, or the, the sea cootery. <laughs> you guys don't have any seafood right now, right? Not at the moment. No, yeah. we have, we have interest in it for sure. But yeah, like Kyle said, I mean, it's, it's another world. You know, yeah. big, big minds and small hands. It takes yeah, time for been, us and the standards some, are high. Some reading, but it's in the wee hours of the night after, after we've worked. It's the same kind of thing. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I should, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a huge rabbit hole you can go down with any of this stuff. Totally. Yeah. Like any single thing, like even what you're just talking about here with heritage pigs. Well, I mean, I think the reason I fell in love with it, at least is it was a way to like learn about the world and like tell stories and talk about food. Like, again, like I was not a, a good student, but I was like a curious mind. And so like all of these things we talk to people all the time and we find that we know like snippets of history or snippets of geography based on like sausages we tried to make or we tried to learn about it's so weird when you look at prosciutto i mean prosciutto comes from like pre-roman times it's so old it's just like one of the oldest so many varieties and like that is like the nice thing it's like what we do is like rooted in 
in some of the oldest like cooking te techniques in the world. Right. And, um, we just actually like get to approach it with like a new age of like profile for flavors. Right. Cause it is kind of like, uh, what Shane said, like these, the Iberian pigs right there, they're kind of like wine or cheese, right. They're very regulated. And like, when you get that style of pig over there, like they're, they're all bred on the same land and they have to be there tagged and, and up to that sort of standard. But, um, with us, we, we get to kind of take like creativity is, is, is at the forefront, right. We have these like techniques that are, that are rooted in something that's very old and, and very old school. But, um, as far as flavor profiles, like we do, we do some things that just nobody else really does. And, and when you get an idea for like a sausage, how long does it typically work out like pretty soon in when you're trying to create whatever you thought of, or do you have challenges related to that i think we have a pretty good methodology now yeah, i think at we, this point we're so good yeah. it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah i mean we'll 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 kind of shoot like a recipe on paper back and forth a little bit and then we'll essentially we'll mix it we'll get like the fat and the meat where we want it to be season it and then before we like come into it we'll we'll cook some up and eat it and then we'll adjust it and cook some up and eat yeah. it and then when we're just like okay this is pretty sure we're, we want it and then we'll cook it and then we'll get good reviews or something and then we'll hate it so we'll go back and we'll fix it again but it's you'll like, get good reviews and then you'll hate it. Yeah, all the time. We're just like we're just like that was <laughs> wrong. I don't think it's supposed to work like that. Yeah, it's you not. just get sick of it. Um, or like, yeah, it's just like chance that we're just like never just kind of jaded, never satisfied. Yeah. I'm not jaded. I'm just never satisfied. That's fair. <laughs> I understand. It's that. Definitely not jaded. <laughs> I understand. Jaded it has such a uh, such a You're negative right. connotation. No, that's that's a I, great yeah. point. It's not jaded. It's yeah. like there. Everybody is. It's like always it's like so, relentless. So into just like running the standard and like, well, I think I you guys do something exceptional you like guys every time. Know the work that went into it, and you probably have like with this podcast so far. There's been some episodes where some things were not exactly how I would have wanted, and I know that if I had spent more time, I probably could have got a little bit better. But is that is that huge increase in time worth that little marginal increase in in quality? I just don't have the time to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. And that's, yeah. I think what I think if I had the time, I would do it, but. Yeah. One, that's the, the big difference, I think, between being like a really good business person and being like a great craftsman or a great artist is like trying to find that finite line between like, when does it matter? Like, when is it okay to stop? Yeah. Right. For are, sure. are you, Which, and, and are you just like ruining something that is then good? Like, have you taken something that people love? I mean, I think that was one of the first things we had to learn is like, yeah, like we are like really relentless about making something, but it's okay to when you make something that like people really like and are happy to buy over and over again, it'd be like, okay, like, you know what? Like maybe like, not that I'm wrong, but it doesn't need to be improved anymore. It doesn't need to be like hammered and fixed. Like the recipe's there we can make it this way every time mm -hmm. people like it. At the end of the day, like I have to like check my own ego and like take It'll a step let back. Go sometimes. Totally. It's like I love Copa. that. Yeah. Checking the ego is very important. Yeah. And I've, I've tried to really be doing that in the past couple of years, especially I've had to really, really um, start to dial it back and just keep that in control. Because it, it's tough, it's tough. Like you don't want to, you don't want to get too stoked when you do something really well, but you don't want to get too down if something doesn't go right. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't beat yourself up over every mistake because you're gonna, no. make, you're gonna make so many. It's right? just, uh, I think that, like, the, what I find because I'm so busy that I just don't have time to think about anything. If something goes wrong, I'm just, I'm, I, I have no time. It, it, like, okay, that happened, cool. I'll learn from it, but I'm not gonna sit and think, oh, I wish something was different. We just move mm -hmm. on and do better next time. I mean, there's just, there's no time for that. I mean, that's, sure. that's definitely the great thing about having like a business partner. Like I know when you started, um, you, you had a great business partner. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Um, I think I've shouted him out in quite a few of these episodes. Yeah. I think and, we're really lucky that we were good friends first and then 
I mean, we have, we have a good friendship and we have a, like an excellent like business relationship. You know, we yeah. don't, we don't really pull punches. We yeah. fight all the time, but it, we don't like, we come to work every day knowing that like the goal is there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's never always going to be rainbows. Like a hundred percent of the time, it's not going to be. It really is. There's, there's probably times where you guys like, could probably get pretty angry at each other. I'd imagine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. I mean, Mike and, and I had those times and, and yeah. you just, that's fine. Cause it's like the passion thing, right? You yeah. both have strong, or at least we had strong thoughts about things, but then we'd always come back together and we just keep moving forward. And every time I felt like it, we got a little bit closer together as friends and we were able to do better in the future and just be stronger, you know? Well, I think part of what makes us work is like, we're really different. Like as people, mm-hmm. we're that, really, that was really the same different. with Mike and I. Yeah. If Mike was doing this podcast with me, he'd be going. One time we were at this, uh, I think we were at Colinair or something, and somebody came up to me and they, they, Mike was there and, and they said, "Is he drunk?" And he wasn't. I'm like, "No, that's just Mike." <laughs> that's every day in Kyle's life. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> like, I'm, like, is I'm, that guy allowed to sell sausages right now? Kyle's like, "It's okay." I'm the introverted guy, and Mike was the outgoing, um, outgoing guy. And we, we like when we did all our radio segments with Joe, we had a really good dynamic. And mm-hmm. some on on our YouTube channel, actually, there's some old videos. There's like ten of them, of videos that I shot when Mike and I went to some restaurants. And like our our personality personalities are very different, mm-hmm. but we got along so well. So yeah. yeah, I miss Mike. I wish he was here with me sometimes because like if he was with me, there'd be some like crazy stuff in some of these podcasts. But you get to, I'm more I'm more laid back, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're I think you're right. You always get that. Like the dynamic duo, but, but sentence. to keep in, yeah, but to keep the someone in check and check them when when that needs to happen, that's really important, and that's something I really appreciated. Is yeah. that yeah. I'd start worrying about something, and Mike would be like, "What are you? What are you doing? Like, like drop it." Let's, yeah. Let's oh, keep I mean, going. I I have a bunch of my own horse blinders, like that I can say confidently, um, and Kyle will give me things and show me why they're important. And I know over the like the years we've had that effect on each other, right? Where like, you know, you, sometimes you go in with your head and you're like, this is so important. It's crazy. And that person's like, dude, shake your head. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, we'll move forward. Or the other thing, like, like how did you not see that? Like, this is really important. And you like, you dismissed it. Like, let's, let's go back at the drawing board and like, you know, take this into consideration. And it's like, it's insanely important to have somebody who's, who's not going to like coddle you. Imagine that when no. you're right or when you're wrong, right? Like, who's going to like. How many ideas that, that someone in a partnership like you guys. And one of you says to the other one, hey, do you realize something you just said or something? Imagine if that other person wasn't there and that idea just gone and yeah. it never got picked mm-hmm. up on, even though it was floated out there. Um, I wonder what ideas have been caught or or missed in different ventures just because there wasn't another person or there was another person. All right. Just think, you know, how many times, I mean, it's, you have to take the knee in like different aspects of every relationship, whether it's, you know, personal or, or business or, or anything like you're going to win some, you're going to lose some and. You know, sometimes you might be right and you need to let that other person have their thing, or you might be wrong and you need to like acknowledge that you were wrong and move forward. That's important. Um, Because mm-hmm. for like the longevity of it, like it's a game. Like I know, like over these four years, we both made a ton of compromises that we didn't think we would make. But I think this company is at a place that neither of us thought it could be at either. And we're both like really proud of it. And I think the end goal is something like we've made something together that like we're both really proud of. Um, yeah. Well, that was like the, the, a little bit of a, a unique approach too. I mean, most people sit down and, and they, you know, have this, this idea and they plan it and then they go to the bank and they get a bunch of money and then three years goes down the line and they've sunk all this time and effort and money, especially into this thing. And then they realize that their, their partner is not exactly like, you know, they've had three years and it's like getting, getting to be a little bit much. And I mean, we, before we even jumped in to this project, like the, the building and then the, the build out of the kitchen, it was nice. I mean, we had 
we had the, the time to sort of sit down and see if it was going to work long term. I mean, nobody nobody knows the future, but I mean, it's not a whole lot. I mean, we we spent countless hours together, like in like the bottom of kitchens, just like you know doing <laughs> doing hard work, and like that's like something that you can't really put a price on when you're when you're looking at like a partnership before you you dive into something deeply. I mean, now you guys can look back on those times too and be like, do you remember when we did that? Oh, yeah. Like it's, when you're sleeping hilarious. on chairs and it's like, so good. Yeah. you're going to fall on the ground because the chairs are separating. And like, this is yeah. like crazy shout out to Stephen Quigley, who like on our worst days would make sure there was like a beer at the bar for us when we showed up. Yeah. He knew he would just, he was the bartender at stage at the time. He's the owner of Chorizo and Company, a great restaurant in Victoria. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He's, he's the best. If you, if you know, you know, Stephen Quigley is the man. But uh, I need to go back to, to Chorizo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, know, I know Tom or Tomas and, uh, I think Johnny was the other guy's name originally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they started it. Yeah. And then it sold, sold, sold to him. So it's, yeah, it's Steven and, um, uh, it's so embarrassing. Dave, Dave Brooks. Dave Brooks. Thank you. Okay. Was, uh, his business partner. And they're both, they're phenomenal in front of house. They're yeah. phenomenal businessmen. They're killer entertainers. Um, yeah. Spend your time and your money there. They'll, they'll make sure you're, you're I should, I should after. talk to them. Can't, can't do it anymore, but when we're back to normal, go get one of, one of Steven's famous high fives. Oh yeah. God. What does that look like? It that's, looks like you're going to go with his, a broken arm. It's <laughs> just his, his, uh, standard greeting. I'll give you a big woo. Ric Flair after. Really? Old, oh yeah. Shout out to Ric Flair. <laughs> Shout out to the four horsemen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the legends never die. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, what partnerships do you have with places? Different, different places you're working with right now. So we deal with Chorizo and company. Yeah. Um, they're some of the first, uh, if we have to shout out anyone on this podcast at all, I think it's probably also be torn egan who's the first yeah. guy to ever take a chance on us torn egan was i think is probably one of victoria's greatest um secret cooks ever he was the do you know what he's head doing chef right of now? northern quarter i do know what he's doing is there something coming up uh well i think he's really enjoying his life right now okay because i think he had this project and it was awesome for a long time but it it required a massive sacrifice he's always there um that, that was, was that, that was, was my northern, favorite brunch in the city was that, that was that northern, northern quarter, quarter. yeah so uh so he's yeah. at he's at foo right now Really? And it's oh. it's awesome. Not that foo ever wasn't awesome, but yeah. it is so awesome right now. So has, um, has he brought new stuff that they've changed? No, he's just doing? he's just really good at cooking. Oh, like it's, it's amazing. It's like we were talking about earlier. Like there's one thing to be able to make good food and there's one thing that's professional line cooking and they're yeah, not yeah, they're not the same. They're not the same thing. <laughs> and Tornigan is one of those those rare beautiful creatures who is a phenomenal cook and a phenomenal uh, line cook. And you, you put him in any restaurant and he's like driven and passionate. Um, he's so like, he's so quiet though. Like he never really ever seems like he wants to be out in front of anything. Talk about checking your ego. Like that dude doesn't, he doesn't have to brag. Like he knows. Oh no. Like I would go back in the, in the, every time I went to Northern quarter, I'd go thank him for the amazing food that, uh, that he's making just like, you know, I'd pay for it and go and go thank him. And he was always, yeah, very humble. But like the stuff he does is is insane. It was my favorite bunch in the city. Cool. Yeah. So he's at Foo right now. Um, and the reason I wanted to shout him out is he was the first guy that picked us up. We, like in our first year, we didn't have any wholesale. We were like kind of beating around the bush. Our stuff was and still is like really expensive by comparison to our competition. And he was like, hey, you look like you're doing what you say you're doing. And your stuff's awesome. Like, let's bring it in. And so Northern Quarter like started carrying our breakfast sausage for their brunch like years ago. And they never even faltered. They just kept going. Yeah. They did not even dip once. He actually made rabbit corn dogs for me for once. Dope. He got a couple of rabbits in and I was there to do um, an interview for our CPAC segment. Mm-hmm. And he made rabbit corn dogs that day. He's such a gangster. It was so good. And then he, the last time I was there, I think was like a month before they closed. And he made uh, blood blood pudding. Cool. Nice. 
And that was that was really really good. That might have been ours. I was gonna say that was probably ours. Yeah, <laughs> it probably he was. Would, he would buy that from us like every once in a while. He would do some awesome dishes with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, his, uh, do you remember when he told us about the just the blood log that he baked? <laughs> that was my favorite dish. What's that? Uh, he just, just told us that he roasted it just like a roast and just yeah. Yeah. So That's traditionally, true. most people would take this like giant log of black pudding, and you would like cut it into little like medallions, and sometimes give it a quick breading and a fry, and it's like just unctuous and super rich. And like it's like an amazing UK dish. It's dense. You only want to you want to you want to eat about three ounces of it. Yeah, but Torrent was Max. just like he would just like make a roast. He would just like he would just put like a <laughs> pound of blood sausage in the oven like with some butter and just get that thing like crispy and like it would just be like yeah he'd just be sweating and hot and like Absurd. beautiful and yeah you just put that on a plate for you like there you go and you're just like what <laughs> you know it had garnish and it was a real like composed dish but you were just like you were so brave a sir a large pie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. So to catch, to, to bring it all the way back, uh, we're working with, um, man, who are we working with? Not right nearly now? as many Not people. As many. Our, uh, our, like, just to be frank, our wholesale kind of died, um, yeah. since, since, since COVID. And I guess you guys are so busy now, you don't, can't really go try and like reach out yeah, and be like, Hey, hard. are we restarting this or what's going on? We right? have, we have a few. So now that I've had a second, um, like Seasider has been amazing yeah, throughout this. Seasider is incredible. Il Sauvage Brewing Co. Uh, has been with us like the whole way they're like really amazing guys making really amazing beer in rock bay yeah all the all of the uh sort of the more beer focused or, or tasting room focused places yeah bows, really uh, bows and arrows has been taking stuff from us mile zero coffee is taking stuff from us right now uh bilston farms has been awesome so they're uh they were essentially like a wedding venue that kind of had this like cool you could go out there and like have some food and they built like this amazing like pizza program Our oh hero, really chef bob Chef Bob at Swan's Brewery. Oh my God! If you, yeah, that guy is incredible. Um, that guy's been, been I can't, really nice to us too. I can't toot his horn enough. Yeah, go have a scotch egg. Happy hour, three to six. Swan's Brewery, six dollar scotch egg. It is insane. They got a mean scotch egg. Yeah, and so he buys like sausage meat from us that we like mix and season, Ooh. and he does like a perfectly soft scotch egg yeah, it's with really it. Good. It's really fucking the last good. one it's I had was the best at, one in the city, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the last one I had was at um, at uh, House of Botang. Oh yeah, Dope. he I've does a good, good one there. Yeah, yeah. good stuff about speaking of, speaking of underrated chefs, not really. No, I mean, I that, guy's, say, that, that guy's won, won a lot of accolades. Chef of the year last yeah. year. <laughs> he's such a nice guy, <laughs> but he's just been he's been kicking ass for so long. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's um, been, been doing it for a while. And I mean, like ballsy too. Like I was like, I'm gonna open a real restaurant in Langford that's not a chain, and he did it. Yeah, and it's still there, and it still kicks ass. And they're uh, they're doing I dinner now. That'll be a, more of a trend as time goes on. Yeah. Every time I've been there, it's I've been blown away. Yeah. Oh, he's he's as legit as it gets. Yeah. 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 So and so for other partnerships, there's nothing else right right now, really. You know, there's there's always a few Sonoras um, on the uh, on the old horizon, perhaps. That's yeah. like the 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 sort of egg that's in the nest at the moment. That's do you ever do any partnerships with like uh, people at the markets? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Like we do a little bit of trade around stuff, but mostly we just buy stuff and we make cool product. Oh, I should say the Market Garden has been with us for a long yeah. time in Nesquimalt. They're uh, like a really amazing uh, grocery store that carries uh, specialty ingredients and food. They're they're phenomenal, and they've been they've been carrying your stuff for a long time. Yeah, a couple of years now, two years. They take. Uh, I mean, I'll be real. They take about thirty pounds of sausage a week. So that only that that says like a huge thing about like the community of Esquimalt because we do the Esquimalt market every week, and they still burn thirty pounds of sausage a week all year. Um, do you remember when we first did the Esquimalt market and we had like forty pounds? Yeah, total, and then we were so stoked that we sold it. <laughs> we were like, dude, <laughs> yes, we made two hundred fifty bucks today. Now I want what's a big what's a big week for us now? I want like three hundred pounds. 
Um, we're routinely making. I mean, that's just pork. If you- yeah, I was gonna say we're routinely processing about like 250 kilos a week. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. So volume wise, it's quite a quite a different game. Yeah, yeah. Think about going back to when you were just doing the pickles and you're just starting. Yeah, and the kimchi. Now you're we doing really that. just did that because you you and I like didn't really like your like upstairs neighbors and we just we just wanted to skunk them out. We just like made like <laughs> fifty liters of kimchi. Thing that we could get going. <laughs> we just made like fifty liters of kimchi under <laughs> their bedroom and totally left sure. it there. I mean, that's parcher, but <laughs> they were the worst. Uh, yeah, they were the worst. <laughs> they were the worst. Shout out to terrible upstairs neighbors. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the smell of kimchi. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, <laughs> your neighbors didn't even know it was their favorite thing ever because they were smelling it all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We we kind of just got that going because that was all we could do in yep. the meantime. Right? For sure. We were just like trying to get something. There was just like other silver lining there that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just really got to I relish thought. in like turning your house yeah. into like a mustard factory. The kimchi icing on the cake. <laughs> do you guys ever do special requests if somebody wants something? All the oh, time. Yeah, for sure. All the time. Yeah, so have, you, have you had anything like really crazy that somebody's wanted? Not really. To be honest, like it, it's, it's funny. Cause like we, we already are on the crazy side of probably the most crazy side of like recipes. Um, where most people that want a custom order, they want something that they're, it's like a family recipe that they've had for years. Like, especially, um, if it's somebody that's, you know, from, want something from a foreign place or their family, you know, uh, is like old Swiss or, or, you know, old European or, or even Filipino and, and stuff like that. Some Southeast Asian recipes every once in a while. Um, yep. it's mostly people looking for, for what they used to have in their hometown, mm. that kind of thing. It is usually more boring. It's true. There's like rarely 10 people or rarely people that are like, I want 10 pounds of sriracha blue cheese for myself. I mean, those people exist, but like they just come and get it for custom stuff. It's like people who want like boar wars or because you guys do a sriracha blue cheese, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're known for that one. That what's, one. What's that one? What's the experience when you have that? You're drunk eating chicken wings with your shirt off. <laughs> that's how that sausage was invented, and that's where it takes us every time. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That was yeah something that we. Uh, was that's a... pretty much the only recipe that's uh, that's lasted. I think lasted that one from and, the beginning. And yeah, brat's been there and hot Italian. Have you guys ever done like a butter chicken? Yep. Yeah. It's on our lineup. We don't call it butter. We call it uh, currywurst. Okay. It's got some notes. It's got some like tips of the hat to like a German currywurst and a lot of tips of the hat to like uh, curry you would find in England, like kind of the English adaptation of a like a Madras curry. That one's really good. My favorite, actually, somebody just had a comment a couple of weeks ago that was, uh, they had that sausage and I think that's particularly one of our, our finer tuned recipes. Um, that one I'm, I'm like very happy with all the time. Never have any doubts. Um, they said something, they were like, you don't even need sauce for this. And that's like something that I like for me personally, I'm just like, that is like a a goal. It's just like, I feel like as, as North American cuisine or what, or whatever, as, as grocery sort of style produce goes, we are, we are very addicted to the sauce. Like everything has to have a sauce. And I just, I'm a, totally. a not of that belief. I'm just like, why can't we just make stuff that doesn't need like a condiment? That tastes I good, forget you know? what sausage I bought um, when I was in here checking out the shop last week or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have Duck and Dewey. Yeah. I didn't have any sauce with that when I had it and it was a fantastic. Yeah. Well, no, it's again, just kind of like the goal or like that, like we were talking about, it's just like, I, I think the, the cooking background really kind of pushes that envelope whereas you know if you're if you're just a, a butcher background like you do you have the, the nicely seasoned sausage and it goes with a nice side and it goes with you know a nice piece of bread whereas really try and put something on on your plate that's like this is like an intense flavor <laughs> like it's not boring it's it's something i've never had it's like a crazy color 
like all those things just like kind of come together and it's not supposed to be what you can get other places and it never sort of will be that goal. Yeah, we're not we're not pretentious. Like, if you want to buy our stuff and put ketchup on it, like oh, go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah we ketchup's love that. Awesome. Yeah, we love that stuff. But, but you like, don't have to. You're not going to be like, oh my god, my sausage is cooked. I don't have ketchup. I, I need, need to ketchup. go to the store, right? You're just 100. Like, so make this sausage is awesome. It's fine. It's so weird. I I like I crave like this like even Heinz ketchup. Yeah, like the or- organic one though. I don't like the regular. Oh, I'm the opposite one. Yeah, I want the like the dirtiest. Oh no, I want the organic <laughs> one. Like that one, like that, like you get in like the Costco can from Heinz. Oh yeah, I've done that. The plunger. I get the organic one at Costco. I think it has like well, la di da, real sugar or something. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how some stuff like that is. But then if you look at like chocolate milk, like Avalon chocolate milk, I love. Mm. But I, I like the regular one. I don't like the organic mm. for some reason. It doesn't I taste didn't as even good. Know to Avalon me. did a difference. That's interesting. Yeah, there's they got two different ones. Hmm. So it's interesting how certain things will go back and forth. I bet you yeah. it's because organic chocolate is so expensive. And they were like, they were just like, we had to get the cheapest, worst organic chocolate to make this organic chocolate milk. Their chocolate milk is so good, though. Yeah. yeah. I've uh, I've heard quite a few people rant and rave about yeah. that. Hashtag dirty bulk. Dirty oh yeah, dirty bulk for Hashtag sure. Dirty bulk. I've been I've been doing that for a while yeah, now. Deadlifts and chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about catering? You guys do catering, right? Mm, well, sure. I mean, we, we it's just kind of funny. I mean, it it just like goes back to we just don't turn down a challenge. Like we don't have any like real experience or the equipment to ever like tackle um, catering situations, but. Somebody comes up and is like, I want you to cook this thing for us. We just make it happen. Um, because the, like the skill sets there and it's, yeah. it's less so now that we're, we're so busy in here and we're like doing a lot more like managing of, of sort of different aspects, uh, rather than just like having to manage ourselves. Um, but yeah, it was just always like another little, little challenge, another little fire to stoke, you know, that kind of thing. Side project. And what's the deal with the weekly newsletter? Yeah. Um, it's bi-weekly, tell us. Yeah. Oh, bi-weekly <laughs> Great newsletter. Maybe once or, a month. Or maybe every three weeks or <laughs> yeah. once it's every kinda, two months. Whenever we get around to it. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was. It started years ago uh, as we were like both novice businessmen. And we were like just reading about how to grow and build a business. And I think I started a MailChimp and was like just trying to do the like weekly newsletter thing. And it had a little bit of success, but it never really fired. And then um, you started piloting it again basically covid yeah and it uh came back in march yeah it came back with a vengeance it was awesome that was really part of those people like champing us um we were doing i remember the first couple weeks we were doing like 50 deliveries sometimes like a week it was nuts we had pictures of like when we had when deliveries were like full going and it was like a table like twice as long as this just full of bags yeah wow but it was like awesome because we didn't have like a venue all of a sudden to do all this like extra wholesale um we we needed we just needed revenue to come from somewhere. And that was like, like Shane said, like we had, and we just accumulated like a crazy amount of new customers just based on uh, word of mouth and, and people being really awesome with sort of, you know, telling their neighbor like, Hey, I got this really awesome product coming. Like it's like kind of weird. And like, you don't go to a grocery store and like, two dudes show up with a bag of sausage and like that's it but turbo it's shady like, yeah. there were so many times where i was like <laughs> you just like pull your car over and you get a brown bag and you give it to like oh yeah a Total very nice drug, looking person drug in a bag. Looking situation yeah and it looks like rich people buying drugs from you that's great a lot of <laughs> heavy it. drugs yeah yeah oh uh, here's another good one so we in in rock bay we used to work all the time uh at night like we'd like i'll say we'd go in at like 4 p.m at work till sometimes in the summer like 5 or 6 a.m and they would routinely throw roadblocks down at the bottom of Rock Bay. Oh. And me and you have been through so many roadblocks with coolers full of sausage Man. at five in the morning. 
And I don't know why you get it way worse than I do. Like we both usually get grilled because it's like, what are you doing at Rock Bay at five in the morning? Like nothing good. Right. Like, and we weren't either. We were just trying to go home. We are just like trying to be like, oh my God, I got to get to sleep. That's my bad attitude. Yeah. (laughs) It's because you're sassy, Kyle. (laughs) You're sassy, Kyle. Um, and yeah, I particularly remember this one time I go through a roadblock and the cop was just like, what in the, and I'm like tired and falling apart. And he's like, Hey man, like, how's your night? And like, he's giving you the classic, like trying to figure out if you're drunk or weird or, and I was like, I'm just going home. I worked and he's like, Oh, like what's in the coolers. And he's like flashlighting my car. And there's like four full size coolers in my car. And I like, without a beat, I was like, sausages, sir. He's just like, pardon me. And I was like, sausages, sir. And he's like, what did you say to me? And I was like, my coolers are full of sausages. Would you like to see that? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, really? is that how he answered? Yeah. No, he was, he was just like, he was like, just, he didn't know what to do. And then they give you the rest of the spiel. And he like made a joke. And I was like, no, like I own a sausage company in Rock Bay and we're going home. And I have to like put these sausages in a freezer. And he was like, have a good night. Get out of here. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, yeah, we've both been stopped by the police many times at different parts of the day and had to explain that like, we're just like trying to take sausages to like a farmer's market or, you know, it's weird. I I had one in a, I was at a roadblock at the bottom of the hill outside my old condo building and there was police on all sides of the intersection. And I actually asked the police officer one question. He didn't ask me anything. And I did a U-turn in between all the cars and all the cops looked at me and I pulled in my driveway and parked. It was the weirdest thing that when I did that, yeah, it was, it was so strange things that can happen (laughs) in roadblocks. I almost like. I mean, I don't really feel bad, but I always kind of do because it's just like all the interactions like with a police officer are so overthought, right? Where you're just like, oh my God, well, that one I like, actually, is what I'm doing illegal. And I you're know. just like, you're like, I'm parking my car in my house. Like, I think it's fine. I, I think know, it's the fine. The came on behind me when I was driving home from Up Island uh, a couple weekends ago. And I was like, I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was going the speed limit. Everything was fine. And I pulled over and I'm like, shit, what did I do? And then he just came up to my window and he's just like, oh, sorry, wrong car. I thought you were somebody else. Whoa. Carry on. It's like, psych, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but in the intersection, I think I asked, because my condo building was right right before the intersection. So I think that the officer was walking over and I just said, is it okay if I if I do a U-turn and go park in my place? But he, he didn't actually ask me any questions. He just said, yeah, it's okay. But he didn't actually ask me anything. So I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I flipped this U-turn and all the police officers were just staring at me. Because they're like, why are you doing a U-turn in between like six police cars? In the middle of this intersection. That's probably why you didn't get a ticket, dude. They just like, we're all arguing about like who's gonna who's gonna write the ticket. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so oh, where man. where have you guys been eating at um, during COVID? We just had lunch today at uh, Part and Parcel. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, they've gone through like a pretty big shift in the kitchen and in management. Um, I got, and we had a really good lunch yeah. there today. What do you guys have there? Uh, we did uh, like a classic like little, little swap with. We each had a sandwich and traded halves. Um, yeah, that's a classic cute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah. cute. Cute. Business cute. Um, Business cute. <laughs> we, uh, what do we do? We did the grilled cheese and then they had a, like a pork shoulder, um, sandwich. And then we, uh, we did their like chicken fat rice. That really was... sold us. They started a dish with chicken fat and then yeah. there was words after that. And I was like, we gotta eat the chicken fat. <laughs> it was and good. Then, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was like a really good rice dish. Isn't that incredible when you see uh, an item and it like, it just, something stands out and immediately you just stop at that point. Doesn't matter what else is there. You're ordering that thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll forget it every time, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Well, it's like the time I, I got uh, uh, veal brain at the end when I was in um, um, Quebec City. Cool. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, that sounds weird. I'm just going to order that. It's probably proper old in French. It's a nice. It thing. was. It was. It was. Um, I forget the type of restaurant it was. 
but it was very interesting. It's when I was sitting waiting for it to come to my table. That's when I started thinking about what the hell did I just order? <laughs> I just ordered it because it sounded crazy. It was like a ragu. It was really good. Nice. But yeah, I started thinking about it over like the 25 minutes it took to come to my table. Yeah. I'm like maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> nah. Let's just get a whole bottle of wine, please. <laughs> to drink that anxiety away. <laughs> it was good though. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I've been doing courtney room a lot. Yeah. I, like, I like to shout out these guys that are actually like doing doing proper dining rooms. Um, I, I know the COVID's like not crazy here where we are, but um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of restaurants taking a lot of liberties right now um, and just, just kind of playing it very loose. I haven't um, been in a lot of places, but I've heard a lot of people say that, yeah. that a lot of places don't seem to be following the precautions that need to be followed. I, I mean, we, it's we, like Island life, but like just, yeah. just button it up a little bit, like do your, do your we, part. We would never like call anybody out, but like when you really think about it, like, dude, like it's one bad apple, like spoils the bunch for, for everybody. And like everybody's struggling right now. It's yeah. just rules, right? Like all those rules are there for a reason. Just, just play with them I for a while. really yeah. eaten in anywhere. Um, but the place that I loved was nowhere. Like the, I think they're doing it great there. Yeah, I have, felt very they, safe when I ate the there. Cubbies, they like they went all in, man. They went all in. Yeah, like all in. Say say what you want about how crazy and weird like that restaurant is. Like those guys are they're serious about trying to deliver like the experience they want to deliver. A hundred million percent. And mm-hmm. that's last night. They actually the whole team from Hanks and Nowhere came with me to wrap and roll. Yeah, we were pretty jealous. It was it was a really good feast. It was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I know. Like you take us there. It was like some weird sloppy seconds tonight after. <laughs> But we uh, I'll have we the went falafel, there. I guess. We went there and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to. I actually. Uh, I I know Swans. We both go to Swans yeah, a fair amount. Swans is doing it proper too. And the, yeah, I mean it's awesome there and it's safe. So um, I've been doing Kuma noodle quite a bit. Oh yeah. Oh, I've only been to Kuma once. Yeah, and it's not. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the out of this world ramen, but it's very very good and very affordable for for I my really, hometown like spot. It's I really, like really close to where I live. Okay. I enjoyed when I, when I did yeah. go there, I really did enjoy it. I like everything about that place except for the egg. Terrible egg. Really? You guys Talking know shit about that egg. It's going to soft boil your egg more. <laughs> um, it's like a hard boiled egg. I don't like that part of it. But we other a, than that. We have a good mutual friend who spent a lot of time in Japan who did a lot of the carpentry here. And he <laughs> would say there's two ramen spots. There's the like the, the local neighborhood ramen spot. And then there's like, you know, your like fancy ramen place. And he was like, every neighborhood needs both. And he was like, you eat like, like of the 20 ramens you have a month or whatever, or a year or whatever you like. He was like, you know, you, you eat 18 or 19 at like the local ramen place. And like Kuma Noodle is the ramen place Victoria needs. And it has been yeah. for a long time. And it's like, yeah, the soft boiled egg thing is probably something they should figure out. But everything else there is so awesome. Yeah. And it's so reasonable. I just like the staff there. Everybody, I enjoyed it like when homie. I went in. Yeah. They're so friendly. They have a bunch. Of, I don't, obviously they don't anymore because of COVID, but they've always had a bunch of manga on the shelf. Yeah. So you're like waiting for your noodle and you can like pick up some Naruto or bleach or whatever. And like, you know, it's just like non, not pretentious at all. It's like you said, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a neighborhood ramen spot. I think when yeah. I was in there, I just pointed at something on the wall because they had a picture of the, the food on the wall or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it, was the menu in English? I can't remember. The menu was in yeah. English, um, but in like the best way it is like a neighborhood um like ramen store like there's a bunch of like typos on it and like it's like somebody took it on like like their camera it's it's like (laughs) it's like bad in a way that is so good yeah Yeah. oh i I really enjoyed it when i was there i thought it was great yeah Yeah. oh it's crazy it's a good reminder though because i've only been there one time and you've gone there since covid yeah and you thought it was actually pretty ritual yeah i like uh i like there i go there probably every once every two weeks at least um but i i uh it was like one of the first restaurants that I went back to. Um, I used to take ramen to go, though. They weren't doing um, 
they weren't doing dine-in at all. But uh, I think it's some of the best that I had was during COVID because uh, they had no staff, but the owner, it, the owner still is there and, and cooks. And so he was making all the ramen and it was particularly good when he was behind the the full wheel because they weren't doing volume um, anymore. They were just going to, you know, doing, doing the takeout to goes and here and there. And, but yeah, a few, few bowls there that I had during that time were really good. Um, but they're back to like dining now and they have, they have stuff like set up so you can be distanced and whatever, but yeah, yeah it's uh it's interesting cause they do a really good ramen, but it's all chicken based, which is not traditional. It's hard, hard to get like a nice thick chicken stock for a ramen bowl. Okay. Yeah. Usually, usually like tonkatsu, like pork gets you, gets you that gelatin real fast, but they do like a, a really decent all chicken broth. And so have you traveled and had ramen in other places? No. Japan's Vancouver. On, Japan's on the list. Vancouver, yeah. I love uh, Danbo. Danbo's like my favorite ramen place in Vancouver. The first meal that Anton and I had in Japan was actually ramen. Yeah. We just, we asked the people working in the hotel, where should we go? And they're like, oh, just go over here. Nice. So we just, we just walked over there and had it. And the, the woman working there came over and she gave us calendars Sweet. Um, as a gift. And it was like super cool. It was the very first, it was within yeah. the first half an hour of being in Japan. That's awesome. It was, the, it was the wildest thing and it was so cool. And then we went across the street and there was like a bar where there was like, I think six place, six seats and the room was as big as the bar. Mm-hmm. Like there was no space really to walk around at all. It was just, there was a bar with like three feet of space around the whole thing and six seats. And then, they cut, and then a bartender and it was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Was yeah. It's definitely, definitely on the list for us. Is that the best ramen that you had was in Japan? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think so for yeah, sure. I want to go and, and we do had it the a couple ramen times. tour. Yeah. We went, yeah. To, we went to Marutama last time we were in Vancouver together. Yeah. I think we both really liked I it. I like that. I haven't done Danbo. It was not. You liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked I've Danbo never really eaten in Vancouver pretty much anywhere. It's awesome. I know. I don't know why, but I just, I haven't. There's so much like you need, yeah, it's like a whole other thing. You, like you need the Vancouver fake food guys. You need somebody to take you around who like knows, right? Like it's. I do know a couple people over there. You go yeah, over I there. should do that go actually. To, uh, go to published on Maine. I haven't, have not heard of a single bad thing. I want to try that Hong Kong barbecue masters or whatever cool. that is. I know Downlow burger and Downlow chicken has been like crushing yeah. it the last year. I know that they've been just getting like insane rave reviews. If you want like some, like just Americana fast food, proper camping yellow has always been like renowned in that city for just making like incredible food and having like an incredible, like not only like training program for their cooks, but like they make charcuterie there. They make, and they're, they're a restaurant group that's obviously fallen on hard times. Like so many have yeah. uh, bringing it back to Victoria. We have a, the next mentor bars that opened a food truck this year. So we've been eating there a little bit, a rogue food truck. Oh yeah. I've uh, seen that. I haven't, he's I awesome. Haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't been to it yet, but I, I've been wanting, meaning to check it out. He's the man. It's I mean, this thing to like restaurant cooking that you'll get out of a food truck. Yeah, really? Sure. He's, yeah. he's crazy talented. He's been cooking forever. He does this, uh, like proper, like veal demi for like a gravy yeah. that you can get on your fries. And just so nuts. yeah, he just makes these like insane French fries and then he just pours like, like veal demi on them and it's like $6 and you're just like, this is like, this is what you would eat like in like the bottom of a brasserie if like yeah. the chef was cooking for the dishwasher. You get some like gnarly end cut steak and like a bunch of like fries and cheese with like the most insane, like bottom of the pot gravy. And it's like, you eat it out of this food truck and it's like, it's heaven. It's like proper French gravy. Like, do you know where he's parked? He'll he's be... like, he's, he's going in different places. Seasider. He's been at Seasider quite a bit and he's, uh, at Vancouver Island brewing this Friday. This Friday. Okay. Yeah, Cause I think I did drive past once. I wasn't, it wasn't at a time to eat, but it was outside, I think Royal Athletic Park. I yep. think he was parked there. Yeah. He's been doing that. You can always get a, a house add on. 
That's right. Get a house chorizo or some house bacon at the rogue uh, at the rogue food truck. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Do we have any anybody else? We've been. I mean, we've been really busy. We really haven't been yeah. eating I'm out. Not gonna lie, we had a really good meal at the hallway. I don't really know anybody there, but it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Stage props, props to that food. That was pretty good. Stage yeah, cooked us up there. a nice thing too. Yeah. yeah, stage wine bar was great last time we went. And the hallway is that's in Northern Quarters yeah. location. That's new Northern Quarter. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm super stoked on the the theme that they got going on for like kind of weird. And there's nobody the interior, associated but... with Northern Quarter there, right? No, no. I don't think okay. So. But the food was yeah. They just turned it into a new restaurant, but yeah. yeah. The food, the food and drink we had there was, was great. Good. It was like seasoned. Yeah, that's like it. Like tasted. It was very. Yeah, I was like impressed and beautiful. Like you just don't expect to like eat like composed plates at a restaurant called the Hallway, and like our food, <laughs> our food came out and it was like like beautiful. Yeah, it was and, nice. and delicious, which is like you know the can, best food I've ever had for sure. Yep. Yeah, that's good. It was awesome. I'm excited to go back to Olo because they're open again. I haven't eaten there in years. Yeah, in a I long time. Either. Yeah. It's been a long time. I've been I've been on the search now. I want to get like some really nice plates, but like ones that actually speak to me like a lot. Like I've seen some really nice ones, but I want to get some that that like really speak to me like really nice stuff. And I just haven't found any yet. Are you talking about like ceramics, or are you talking about like yeah. dishes, like composed dishes? No, 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 ceramics. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can't help you. <laughs> I know. Not yet. I'm just I'm just thinking can, out loud. We can show you like the dopest stuff in Walmart, bro. We're gonna start with ceramic coming. I got a couple things at Dollarama that were actually really killer. A couple like, small plates. Like what, Dallas? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, shout out for the shirt. This oh, is actually from yeah. Dollarama too. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't even play PlayStation, but yeah, it was, we're, we're actually waiting Xbox. for our, we're we're waiting for our PlayStation uh, sponsorship, actually. If you could fast track that for <laughs> us, that'd be that great. Going. Are you guys both heavy players? Yeah, I love PlayStation. Really? No, no I, haven't, I haven't I haven't owned a PlayStation in years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I mean I've got an Xbox One. But I haven't really used it, and or the X One or whatever. I haven't really used it, and I don't even know how yeah, long. Yeah, I think like well, I mean, especially with COVID, I think a lot of people got uh, a little bit more associated with their whatever they had in their closet, whether it was bringing out their old Nintendo or whatever. I did get VR though. I yeah. don't know if you guys have ever done VR. Yeah, I've tried it. That's that's craziness. Yeah. That um that Half Life Three game or Half Life yeah. Alex. It's supposed you, to be really good. I haven't played it. You haven't I, played I know it? of it though. It, that thing is insane. Yeah. When you put on those goggles, yeah. like you're you're in that world. Yeah. And the graphics are really good. Cool. Yeah. Like there's this one part where I turn the corner and there's this guy in like this big mech suit almost with a minigun. And he's like seven feet tall. <laughs> and he's like down this hallway and I turn the corner. There he is. Like there's a guy that's with this minigun and he's trying to shred you with this thing. Yeah. And it's like you, you, like you back up and you're like, oh no, you got to get the grenades and do everything. But it's like you're actually there. You're in it. Yeah. So what's your what's your go-to restaurant in Half-Life Alex? <laughs> I don't think I've had enough of a distinction to try yet or in, enough experience. Yeah. No, that that uh that Half-Life Alex is supposed to be like the best of the best as far as VR goes. Yeah. And what are you guys doing with your free time other than cooking, I guess? No, man. I just we, Or do you guys yeah, have free time? Just try and have We don't have a ton. We get like You have to get a day ish right now. Yeah. yeah. So today's our day off. This is awesome. Really? Um, well, thank you for spending it with well, me. We spent the morning at the bank, and the bank is the worst institution. Do not show at the bank. Yeah. Fuck if anyone, bank. if anyone's had a good time, <laughs> well, that was aggressive. Yeah. If anyone's had a good time at RBC lately, we'd like to know because we just keep having horrible times at every bank. Just every bank that we kind of end up, we always have problems. You just in the pay bank. them so much why. money, and they just the they just, just ranch you us. so hard. They hate us. Yeah. Well, it was especially funny. I mean, if we go take it like full circle, I mean. You mentioned earlier about like us being young, like that was a hilarious problem when like Shane and I were looking for like a little bit of 
a little bit of funds to get this going. I mean, we we had saved for like a long time, but I mean, the hilarious like looks that we got and and non funding that we got when two you know not thirty yet guys went in and, and said they want to have you know hundred grand for a food company. So it was yeah. not easy. Nobody was uh, super excited to to give us a, a big pile of money. <laughs> we we came in like with. You know, we were like, we had a lot of skin in the game. Like we had saved up and not paid ourselves for years. And we were like, we were really yeah, serious. We, we, had and we had a business plan. We had, yeah. we had paid uh, an account to like draw up projections based on what we were doing. And yeah, we got laughed at like every room we went in. They would not. Really? Yeah. Keep your head down. Keep pushing. Uh, we had great advice from a lot of local restaurateurs. I remember yeah. uh, Susanna Bryan and Ruth and Dean was just like, good luck. Like Susanna's amazing. Yeah. She was like, you need to find private investment um, or Haley you need to do Nourish. this for a few more years. Haley Nourish Haley was amazing. some like really good advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a lot of. That's people brilliant. like in our corner, but yeah, the bank was just. Uh, what does that feel like, though? Like to have a space like this, and you're you're leasing it. It's not your space, but you're sinking all that money into a renovation in a space that you don't own. Oh, it's terrifying, bro. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, especially <laughs> when COVID hits, because you're doing all this, you're putting all this money into the space, and you have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, a game that you have to play, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as landlords go, we could have done a lot worse. Like, our landlord's been really reasonable about working with us. And I mean, in any relationship, there's like things to be desired. But I I think, as far as like our relationship goes, that it's going to work out well for for both parties. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, And yeah, I think we both have designs one day to definitely like own the spot that our shop is in. And I think he's on the same page that one day he's going to want to sell it. So hopefully, we're in a position when the time comes to, you know, you know, help him with his exit strategy as well as like help us continue to grow. And that's the dream, right? Is to have a sort of team sh- or teamwork on that level. But yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we, we spent so much money that we saved up for so long. And when you're like talking to the CRD and it's like some guy who like doesn't care if you succeed or lose, and he's just trying to make sure you hit the like water requirements for your <laughs> grease trap or whatever. And that guy's telling you, you have to have a grease trap like the size of the Empress. And you're like trying to explain to him and then you end up with that. And then like every time you drive past a car wash, you're just watching some dude like pour like gallons of degreaser into the ocean. And you're just like, man, we spent like $30,000 to like build a sausage shop to build it like a tub for a sausage shop. And like that guy just runs like a car wash and it's just like just killing turtles nonstop. Like it's, it's heartbreaking. It's so frustrating. A lot of red tape around the, around the restaurant and and food industry. If we can give you anything for free, it's that sandwich is very hard to please. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't we know. got there, it but was it was frustrating. Hard. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not no like dancing around it. It was not an easy process. Yeah. And um, how much does it, does that influence your your um like new ideas you get? Uh, to not put them in Saanich is is high up on the list. Yeah. But, uh, Thought it was brutal. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, we have we have like ideas for future projects and and whatever, but it's uh. We got to get this one going. So nothing you want to announce right now as far as future stuff goes? No. Sorry, man. That's <laughs> okay. we, we hate to disappoint, but we, yeah, we're just like. Ah, it's hard. I mean, just I making, like, it, making it through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean we're, it, it's like. We're a great success in our own right right now, but we're still not like doing it. Like we still, yeah. we need to pay ourselves more. Like it's what we're doing right now isn't sustainable for the long term. Like we're not, we're not putting yeah. any money away. We're still like young and, and like working ourselves, but I mean, God, like. Shane and I keep working the way that we've been working the last four years. Like we didn't, the human body's not meant to. Yeah, we're not going to get old. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, we got to like yeah, get to somewhere a little bit more sustainable with time, and and the new space helps, right? Because like like I was saying, we don't like haul pigs up up and down stairs anymore. Or weird weird shit like that. Um, 
We definitely, so, yeah. Like you said, like we, a big part. we engineered a space that you could work in. Yeah. Um, and for our employees too, like that was like important to us. How many employees do you guys have? Um, right now really? we have like two, two fairly standard ones and, uh, probably could use one or two more, but that's, uh, all has to line up with switching things over at the bank and, and, uh, the uh, the COVID thing to die down, so people are more willing to sort of uh, work again and, and stuff like that. It's always a little bit hard for us because we don't have all these like subsidies that uh, that uh, a lot of the bigger places have because we were a partnership during this like huge explosion. So um, like SEBA and, and all these like loans and all these programs, like Shane and I got honestly like zero of them. Like we had to do do all this like on top of COVID and like just like keep going. But that's just the way, that's just the way it goes. I mean, if we had a, a fortune teller, we would have incorporated beforehand and had all these like sweet programs, but. Is there, is there like a sort of number one lesson you've learned so far in owning business? Oh God. There's so many. Yeah. There's, is there anything crazy. that stands out above all, all others or at least um, the top two? Don't, uh, don't think it's going to be easy. That's for sure. Not that it's like too hard to do or anything, but I mean, if you're not in it to be in it, like it's like a huge waste of your time. If you're, uh, if you're not willing to put the work in for like an end goal. Yeah. Pa passion project is like a huge, like understatement yeah. for sure. Like we will never get out what we put in, but at the end of the day, we didn't put it in because you, you always say this way better than I do. I'm always just like, we built a cool thing. It's nice. You're always just like, I knew I wasn't going to be happy. Yeah, working my ass up for somebody else. I never I wanted to work for somebody else. That yeah. was always like a big thing. I like, I was like, yeah, not not in my interest. I just would rather do the work and and reap the benefits. Kind of, yeah. Even yeah. even if it's like the hardest thing you do in your life, it's like worth it at the end of the day. But yeah, it is. It is not easy. Being being your own master is not all it's cracked out to be. Yeah. But it is. But it is rad. Like there's some cool things <laughs> yeah, it's pretty about awesome. it. Um for it's, sure. It's hard though. It's like yeah. we is always... it something that like it might not be all it's cracked up to be, but there's like for you guys there's no other option that you have to that has to be the way it is. Oh I can't go back now. You know what I mean? No, I mean we joke. I mean if this thing doesn't work, like we'll never own another company. Like we're too old. We don't we don't have Yeah, not the same company. No, like we'll we'll get into like something much smarter. Yeah. <laughs> we'll like sell something that somebody else made or something. It doesn't involve you sleeping we'll like, like buy and sell solar panels or something. Like I don't know. It's just yeah. It's just like hard. Like we just we do such a like a start to finish product like yeah. way beyond like what almost anybody else does. Um, do you ever step back and just look at it at the end and just be like, get some sense of pride or accomplishment oh, when you look at when you've done something for sure. and it's tangible because you've seen the whole, um, the whole history of whatever you're making. I mean, we're both insanely proud. I think of, of each other and of ourselves and of what we've built, but. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. What how, the difference between like four years ago between and now yeah, sleeping sleeping on the floor yeah, of a brasserie like, and yeah i mean like i said we, owning a sausage we smoker. didn't know what we were doing at all not even close like we had no pre-plan no like <laughs> we just figured it out we yeah. knew we could make good food that was like the i knew that was knew the easy we part. could make stuff that tasted good yeah it's awesome so we're at two hours now. Love oh it. man! All right, let's talk yeah. some cheese. I think, I think we need to. Uh, we might cut it off here. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, you guys have been awesome. So if people want to find out more, yeah, let's do that. Where can they? Where can they go? So actually, I'll let you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first and and foremost, we do want uh, everybody to come check out the shop. Um, we are open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Um, right now the hours are in a little bit of a, a not totally set, but at the moment, three to six on Fridays, try and catch that like on the way home, uh, traffic. Uh, so if you are looking for a weekend or, or a Friday, uh, night meal, um, stop by, we'll get you sorted, uh, Saturday, Sunday, 11 to four, um, come in on Saturday. Guillaume's here. He's our cheesemonger, super knowledgeable. He'll set you up with some of the, the raddest cheese, uh, around and, uh, he's got a, a good amount of knowledge about our stuff too. So. Okay. And sorry, did you he's, say the address? He's a legend. Yeah, it's at four five one five Dublin. So that's unit four five one five. So if you're familiar with uh, with Victoria, it's right as you're like leaving Douglas, going towards Langford, uh, right across from Mayfair Mall. Yeah, yeah, and the industrial areas. Yeah, we got a little bit of parking, and the hours we picked also kind of free up mm-hmm. a lot of that lot. So I mean, don't don't like have a tailgater, but like there's usually a usually a good a good spot to park. Or and, we're right off the goose. Like yeah, you're on a bike. Yeah, we're like, right, literally like right off the galloping goose. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, of course. It's fun. And if anybody else is looking for what I'm doing, uh, go to www.vicfoodguys.ca and you'll find that stuff out. Awesome. Thank Shout you. Shout out to Dallas. Thank you, Dallas. <laughs> thank you very much, guys.